two, one. Forget it, Jake. It's Sardonicast. <laughs> I'm Adam from your movie sex. I'm Ralph from Ralph the Movie Maker. I'm Alex from IHE. And what was that one? You're going to catch me up. My, my brain is frazzled from watching so many movies. It's only like the most quoted line from the film recommendation of today. The end of oh, the episode. Oh, yeah. Uh... That's all right. I had <laughs> yeah, to... Right. I, I forgot the first word, <laughs> and I had to look it up again. I was like, what? It's just one of those days. The Oscars just does it to me, man. It's just one of those days where everything sucks. <laughs> everything is fucked. I don't even know how that song goes. True. Oscars happened yesterday from the date of recording this. Uh, we loved the it, The dumpster right? fire. No, I didn't watch it. I was working. It was the most boringest Oscars of all time, and then a couple funny things happened near the end. <laughs> So you're the only one that watched Adam. I know Ralph and I didn't bother. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did a whole no, I, commentary. I can't stand that shit. But we made yeah. it bearable, yeah. I guess. Good. All they heard about was uh, Anthony and uh, yeah. what happened there. Yeah. So, so they they changed around the order without saying they would beforehand. It was just a complete surprise. There was so much about the Oscars this year that was just like out of nowhere. Best Picture just showed up before Best Actor and Best Actress. And that was really weird. And they didn't say they would do that. It was just like, what? Are they... Did they forget Best Actor and Actress? Like, are they not doing it? And so <laughs> it's like, oh, Best Picture, Nomadland. Okay, I guess that was the one they were going to pick and they're just going to be predictable huh. about it. All right. And then, so everybody's thinking like, okay, well, why would they possibly do that? Oh, it's probably because they just want to end on Chadwick Boseman and have some sort of like... I don't know, like tribute play or, mm. you know, some uplifting moment or I don't know. Like clearly that's what they were leaning towards. And then <laughs> and then it was like best actor goes to uh, the father, Anthony Hopkins. And then it just <laughs> ended and An Anthony Hopkins didn't give an accepted speech. He wasn't there. He didn't send any video in. Like <laughs> it was just it just the whole <laughs> thing ended and know? nothing happened. It was like really weird. <laughs> But yeah, Anthony Hopkins wow. posted a uh, belated acceptance speech to his Instagram. It was very short. He was like, oh, I didn't expect this. Thank you. Also, Chadwick Boseman's great. Thanks. Bye. It was like really quick because mm -hmm. he doesn't like the Oscars. He doesn't give a shit about it. He's spoken negatively about the whole thing before. So, Well, that's awesome. He oh, got really? one. Yeah. I Good mean, it was easily one of the best performances of the year. So mm -hmm. it's not undeserved. I don't think Chadwick Boseman would have been undeserved either. He did a great job. He was the best part of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, in my opinion. But yeah, it seems like everybody, including the producers of the show, expected that to happen, and then it just didn't. And then <laughs> it was really awkward and weird. And it was so fucking... Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll just rant about this for a little second because I'm the only one that saw it. But it was so fucking weird. At the beginning of the Oscars, they did the screenplay categories and they didn't show any clips of the movies. We didn't even realize that that was happening. Usually we do this thing where we try to guess which ones it is before they before they say the answer. And yeah. it caught all of us off guard. They already said, there was like, oh, and uh, best original screenplay goes to Promising Young Woman. We were like, what? It was happening? Like, they didn't show any clips from the movies. And then, <laughs> right, like, right. they did for a lot of other categories, but just screenplay, they didn't. And then it's like, oh, I guess this is a pretty tight year. They won't waste any time with any nonsense. And then in the middle of the show, they do this, like, we're doing some Oscars song trivia. And it was this whole fucking staged, what? complete bullshitty, annoying thing 
where they just like they 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 were like okay we're gonna play some songs and then we're gonna ask one of you celebrities is this an oscar winning original song or was it nominated or did it not get nominated at all and so the first two reactions looked genuine he asked like somebody and then uh daniel kaluuya (laughs) and and it was all clearly leading to glenn close and this one was so fucking staged and i don't know maybe perhaps she had some sort of like pr move where it was like okay i gotta brighten up my image to make it seem like i'm not like super conservative racist just because i appeared in like what what was that movie? <laughs> Hillbilly Elegy that people are taking issue with? Like, I don't even understand the big controversy oh, really? behind it. But like Oh yeah, I haven't heard of this. Yeah, and so they go up to her and, and it's like, Oh, what's this song? She's like she pretends not to know for a second and she's like, Oh, it's this one and it's like clear clearly, you know, like not a white song and then and then she's like, Oh, but <laughs> do you know the dance? And she's like, hmm and like pretends not to know. And then she gets up and starts like basically twerking and it was like, Oh, this is just a fucking cringiest shit and oh. so obviously staged like it was the it was the most unbearably fake stupid thing and i was so mad i'm like well, can you just spend one year not doing something so ridiculous and just proving to everybody that you're a bunch of dishonest assholes like just <coughs> it was just i got mad at that point but yeah and how long is the whole thing how um, long does it take to it sit was like through? three hours yeah man yeah. all the points you're saying are the exact reason i've like never watched it yeah, uh-huh. three hours of just the celebrities jerk themselves off. Like I can't be doing with it. I can, I can. You can just watch two of the nominated movies in that time. Yeah, or we'll just yeah. read the list when the winners are revealed. The next day. Like, read the <laughs> yeah, Guardian as they're coming out, yeah. do something else. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was annoying and cringe, but you know, cringe is my bread and butter. That's how I make a living. So, <laughs> there were some good movies in there, nonetheless. Yeah, we, yeah. like. All but a couple of them were, like, the most predictable things in the world. The short film categories were sadly predictable in ways where it's like, okay, yeah, it's obvious no one's seen that those. they're going to... I don't care about those. I, I saw all of them, and I, I knew which <laughs> oh, short did, film okay. that they were going to pick for live action because it was so bad, but, like, so pandering. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, they'll pick this one. And they did, right. and they do that every year, and it's so it's so ridiculous. I don't know. It was it was like easily the worst one by like anyone's measurement, but the Academy probably didn't watch them. I don't know. Yeah, I had only so seen pandering. a few of the nominated movies. I haven't seen Promising Young Woman, so I have to see that. I have to see the following. Yeah, I'm interested to but hear. But I've what seen you everything think. else. I'm very happy Tenet won Best Special Effects or Visual mm-hmm. Effects because Tenet won something, right? So that's good. Yeah, I was happy about that. At what point are are they visual effects in Tenet, and at what point are they just storyboarding and editing decisions? Well, right. you don't really know. That's what makes some good visual okay. effects, right? I'm just thinking of the music <laughs> and cars going in reverse. Alex, what did you think of uh, Promising Young Woman? Oh, you did see um, Well, yeah, I I was interested in the movie because I saw your negative reaction to it. Um, yeah. So I hopped in and I, 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 I can't say I love it, but I did like it. I, okay. I was I was quite... I was quite intrigued by it. I don't think it fully worked by the end, but I was, I was kept along by yeah. um by the story. It, it had enough going for it. I thought it had, it had some twists and turns that kept me going, but it was more the the tone I was getting confused on because the the movie's kind of structured around. Actually, I, I don't know if I can really say without spoiling. I, I guess I shouldn't really spoil it in our Oscars discussion because we want people to it's be structured <laughs> around a politically charged event that is in the main character's past some tan you know related way yeah it's obviously very relevant oh. um with the, the whole me yeah. too kind of stuff that's going on but i was more 
from the trailers and the poster and everything i was kind of i was interpreting it more as a more b-movie-ish almost like dexter but for sexual assault people yeah (laughs) like kind of movies but it's and the first half of the movie almost kind of tries to convince you that it is going to be one of those and then the second half it kind of winds down a different direction and Mm -hmm. i was finding fun in the way it was twisting and turning and you weren't really able to guess where it was going but where it was letting me down was the presentation in the script because i found so many bad sequences of yeah um, just unconvincing dialogue and there's there's I think one of the, the the best examples of what I'm talking about is there's a scene in the movie. I won't be spoiling anything major, sure. but there's there's a scene with a lawyer, played by Alfred Molina, and I was excited because Alfred Molina, a great actor, begin to him showing up. And I mean, a lot of the actors in the movie are are, are great, but um, it's the material they're working with because in that scene with the lawyer, it it does boil down into this kind of really oversimplified, over-explaining or so much of the movie works on this on these mysteries that that you don't know mm-hmm. or aren't supposed to know yet so a lot of the conversations are about oh i remember that time this thing happened oh, i remember that detail and there are pros and cons to it because the, the 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 intrigue and the mystery of it is what keeps you interested but then by the end of the story it all unfolds you're like well i can't say i ever necessarily want to sit through that again and yeah. i don't know if the the message of the movie it kind of boils down into more a simplistic revenge tale about an important subject matter, but um, yeah, yeah it, was, it, it was unfortunately messy in its execution. I found, yeah, I agree. Still entertaining. I didn't absolutely hate it. I just thought it was the worst of the nominees. And honestly, I don't know. It did feel more like a B horror movie than than an Oscars movie. Well, yeah, I, I've got to say, it does stand out. Um, yeah, next just for to being all different, the other nominees. Yeah. But like, yeah, it definitely stands out. It's one of those fucking things where I'm like, okay, if you're gonna start nominating like weird horror movie type things, like this, this is the one. Like, oh fuck off, you know? Like, it's it's just one of those things where I, I would rather it, I would rather Hereditary have gotten like a nomination or something. You know, there's like more recent like things sure. that you wouldn't expect the Oscars to put in their roster, but they did this one because of probably because of the politics behind it. Maybe they thought it was a great movie too, I guess. Carrie, Carrie Mulligan was, was great, but like I'm a type of person where even if I agree with the political messages in the film, that doesn't necessarily make it a good movie to me. That yeah. doesn't mean that it can't be like sloppily presented. That doesn't mean that I can't consider it preachy. And this film it did feel pretty fucking preachy despite me agreeing with the messages in yeah. the film. It's like when Get Out won Best Original Screenplay. I would say Get Out had a better screenplay than Promising Young Woman. Yeah. And I guess they both won. And better presentation, too. Yeah, they both won screenplay, so. Yeah. How about Nomadland? Because that's another one that's like a controversial choice. Some people don't like that one. (laughs) Boring. Well, Chloe Zhao won Best Director for that. Most boring director. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked what I saw of it. I I, I only watched half of it because I was trying to cram you in saw as the many best of the nominations as I could. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was I was enjoying it in that kind of slow exploring people who've been forgotten or left by you know society and economic crashes, kind of like um, Leave No Trace or I Daniel Blake that that kind of movie. I Daniel Blake's awesome. Yeah, okay. yeah. Leave um, No Trace, I wasn't big on though. Leave No Trace is all right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get to see where it went. Um, yeah. I was enjoying the performances and the naturalistic oh. kind of style of it, and the the environment and everything. But okay, well, let me know when you finish the rest of it. Yeah, I definitely will check it out. But um, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it it wasn't striking me the way uh, the Father or Judas and the Black Messiah did. Yeah, those are my two faves from the uh, Best Picture nominees. Yeah, Bl- Judas and the Black Messiah was good. Minari, I think, deserved more. It got Best Supporting Actress, which is good. I thought Minari is probably the best movie nominated. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> have been mad if that took home Best Picture instead of Nomadland. It also feels a bit more like an Oscar movie. Nomadland, I, I have no idea why there's so much hype around it. Honestly, I really don't get it. Chloe Zhao, she's going to direct the Eternals for Marvel. Yeah, yeah, that's I, why there's I, a yeah, lot of I made that's, that joke. That's seriously why there's a lot of hype for it. It's okay, but who cares? Yeah, exactly. Do you think the it's movie really itself is probably nothing special? Yeah, it is that cynical. Yeah, because I had the same <laughs> thought float my in my head, and I was like, surely not. Come on, <laughs> there's no doubt in my brain it's that cynical now. <laughs> yeah, fucking uh, Shaka King didn't even get a nomination for Black Messiah, and I thought his directing was fantastic. Uh-huh. And I also thought that Sean yeah. Bobbitt probably deserved cinematography. Although Mank still had good cinematography too, but mm-hmm. I love Sean Bobbitt. Yeah, a lot of my favorite ones won the technical awards, like Mank won cinematography. Yeah, uh, costume design for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and all that stuff. The Tenant for visual effects. Yeah. Uh, how about animated feature? I mean, it was obvious. Everybody already knows. A surprising one. A lot of people loved Wolfwalkers, but knew it was never going to happen. Was it surprising? No, it wasn't. It was the least surprising thing ever. It, of it all is time. kind of surprising in that you know they keep choosing the same shit. It was the least surprising. What? Do you, how is the? How does that make it not? How does that make it surprising that they? <laughs> I'm that waiting it's for consistent. them to just finally the pick one. It's like maybe this is maybe Windwalkers <laughs> yeah. is the one where they finally yeah. let it go to not Pixar. If Soul wasn't Wind there, it would have been a more interesting list. But yeah, I'm I'm not surprised by it at all. It's the one that mm-hmm. their kids saw. And also, it was nominated for two other Oscars, and Wolfwalkers was not. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, Do you whatever. guys like looking at like the outliers, like the movies that didn't? They got nominated, but they didn't win anything. They're actually kind of like frowned upon. Like, yeah. uh, one Which of them is there? News of the World with Tom Hanks. That was. I don't know <laughs> like, why that no was nominated for shit. anything. Honestly, <laughs> right? That's what I mean. Um, it's it's oh, like yeah, nominated, but no one likes it. Nobody and then another big it. one, I think, is The Trial of the Chicago Seven, which is like Aaron Sorkin written, but and I saw a lot nothing? of negative things written about that one. It won nothing. Good, no. and it was nominated for a lot, but it, everyone saw as like a yeah. Everyone saw that one as the kind of Oscar bait. That would have been the Green the Book of was, this year, kind of right, and that's why they <laughs> kind of steered away from that one. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's bad. I haven't seen it, but it seems like kind of that film it's and people don't really fine want that. minari is like much better suited for the oscars but it's not an oscar bait movie that's why i really like. it's like it's just a straightforward drama. yeah it's a personal and really great story from very personal the, right the filmmakers uh-huh and i feel the themes of it are like very relevant now and it has a lot of meaning to yeah. like a lot of people right yeah. and trial chicago 7 is like whatever <laughs> it's I, i'd like to take a moment to complain about uh zero nominations for i'm thinking of anything which like yeah Whatever. Dude. Charlie Kaufman fanboy over here. I get it. But you look at some of the list of nominations, some of the categories, they mm-hmm. had they had a best adapted screenplay nominated nomination for Borat 2. That's what you do when you can't think of anything mm-hmm. else to nominate is is nominate an ad-libbed movie <laughs> like a movie where like <laughs> you don't really have a script. And, and like yeah, that's you weird, seriously couldn't think of something to nominate and I'm just here sitting like, "Oh fuck. Come on." Come on. Like, uh, Tony Collette, David Thewlis easily could have had nominations. Uh-huh. Makeup and hairstyling, that one seems so fucking obvious to me. Like, that, it, it was, mm-hmm. they, they paid attention to the character's teeth as they aged. Like, fuck. You know, it was so incredibly realistic. The performances were great. Um, editing, that's a big one. Like, there are intentional editing choices for mm. the film in terms of, like, what points are the cuts made? 
like right after a word will say something about like the story and the characters, right? The whole dreamlike pacing to it. That's like such a clear editing choice. And it's just like, ah, fuck. And then they have editing mm-hmm. nominations for like promising young woman and the father, which I mean, I liked the father a lot. I don't, I don't know what about the editing was so special though. They just threw in a bunch of like movies that were nominated for best picture. And promising young woman won best original screenplay. Which I find strange I, out of the list. I was expecting that. It seemed yeah. like that would be what it won. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins. How many Oscars is that for him? Two, right? I don't know. More? At, at least two. I it's think. been like yeah. 30 plus years since his mm. last one. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, production design. Um, Instead of News of the World being nominated, they could have nominated Charlie Kaufman's movie. In, yeah, I mean, in, in, pick one. a category, pick a shitty movie. You could have just squeezed that one out <laughs> to make room for yeah. like <laughs> a really good uh-huh. movie. To make room, yeah, exactly. That's what they're for anyway. Like half of these awards they're getting nominated for are relevant. <laughs> yeah, like I think all of these movies have good production design. Like if the if the production design was bad, then yeah, they would ruin the movie, right? Like how does a movie get best director, best actor, but not get best picture? Because that happens all the time. If a movie has like the best everything, how is it not getting the best picture? Um, that's why the awards just don't make any sense to me. I don't know. It's just the, it's what they vote for. So there's like more of an agreement on some than others, maybe. Usually, the best screenplay movies win, but like the ones that win, I think those are the best films overall of that year. Uh, in this case, I think it was like Mank and Minari. Hmm. I just noticed Mulan was is on here. Yeah. Once, really. Mm-hmm. Costume and effects, um, I think. Yeah, best costume and effects. It's like the worst movie ever. (laughs) Yeah, it goes back to your point, doesn't it, Ralph? About the (laughs) yeah Disney. uh... Uh, They buy everything. Well, Suicide Squad won for that one year. Oh yeah, true. But at least Disney doesn't own that. Uh huh. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Oscar-winning Suicide Squad. Well, Mm. we all watched. Some other movies that uh, are oh, sure to win on. some Oscars. Good. Thank God. Good wins. Yeah, this is for next year. I want to hear what Alex has to say about... Um, what did you call the... Versus Kong? What did you call the movie? Uh, I've been calling it Dingle versus Kong. Dingle. That's funny. Yeah. Um, just because. <laughs> I got Just because. Just yeah, just because the word Dingle's just been stuck in my voc- vocabulary lately. Yeah. Um, and it's fitting too, because... This movie is just a big piece of shit to me. Yeah. Um, I do have to preface, um, I, I, I've never been one for these kaiju movies that I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking for. From You're supposed these. to have a boner because the big thing is crushing the buildings. And there's yeah, but then deaths. you know what? In saying that, mm-hmm. in saying that, <laughs> I can get down it. with um, like Pacific Rim. I can get down with uh, Shin Godzilla from a few years ago i like those. oh yeah there's they, something there's more a bit going more on to some it. creativity yeah like exactly. in pacific rim they got those the action sequences the kind of fun the fun you know just ideas being played those around are far more modern like monster action movies you're talking about those are like exciting those are inspired by the movies like godzilla from like the 50s mm-hmm. but if you go back and watch those movies they're really slow and i oh, get yeah. exactly what you're saying they're slow yeah. as fuck they're really boring there's a couple scenes where you see them like crush a miniature town but it's mostly just shit, like terrible acting, plots that make no sense, bad effects. <laughs> I'm more alluring to the fact that this is supposed to kind of be the Avengers for this <laughs> yeah, universe they've been building up, starting with Gareth Edwards' Godzilla from mm-hmm. 2014. So that's a part that of was. it. And yeah. yeah. Okay. 
That's the first one. That's like the Iron Man of this universe. Um, yeah. So this is Universal, right? Uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah, it must be Warner Brothers because it's on HBO. Oh, Max, it is Warner Brothers. It? Okay. Yeah, it's on I know HBO. Universal was trying to do the same thing. Remember, they were trying to do it with the, the Mummy. Mummy. Yeah, and that was funny. Frankenstein, like those guys, the Universal monsters. Yeah, but I mean, like the Godzilla Kong shit. I mean, it makes more sense because, like, the, throughout all the Godzilla movies, there's been, like, Godzilla versus the fucking Mantis thing or Mecha Godzilla. Like, there's been a billion of those already. So it's, like, mm-hmm. it's not out of the question mm-hmm. for them to have, like, a... And Godzilla versus Kong is already a movie, 1962. There's, I saw the Japanese one, which is really, yeah, yeah it's terrible. But... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I would even consider this them forcing an extended universe. This just seems like a logical thing to do if you're doing godzilla movies and kong movies yeah sure and they set it up at least the reason i bring that up is because it does actually tie into the previous movies you got uh the strange millie bobby brown coming back you have other returning characters does it tie mm-hmm. in in any meaningful way or is it just hey i recognize the character meaningful no <laughs> there's nothing meaningful about well, it. none of the human stuff in any of these movies whether it be kong skull island the the one yeah. from a few years ago that had millie bobby brown again i can't even remember the name gods and monsters or whatever the sure. hell it was king of monsters that they're, they're all just a blur and honestly it feels like they're just getting worse and worse with each one that that <laughs> gareth edwards they godzilla are. it had some okay ideas in it he's got he's a good visual director i can remember moments from that movie and the same with Co- uh, skong <laughs> skong skong Kong Dingle. Skull Island, um, <laughs> you know where that was. It's not. It's not great or anything, but again, it has some creativity. There's some action sequences. I remember the yeah, kind of stuff seemed you want from that type. Relatively self aware. It was forgettable too. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Then you go into the next one, which was Gods and Monsters, and honestly, I'd, I can barely remember anything about that one. And then you didn't you watch move it. on to Godzilla versus Kong, where they, they've kind of reinvigorated the aesthetic this time, where it goes full cartoon craziness where it's all about like hollow earth and exploring underground and Kong finding like a throne and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. Very bizarre. Uh, King of the monsters was setting up a lot of things, but in this movie, it doesn't pay off any of them. It's just a bunch of really boring character development. And the kid from hunt to the hunt for the wilder people, isn't it? The Skuck's life, Skuck's life chose me. And they had, they got like nothing going on. He has nothing to do. And, like, while they're fighting this, like, while the two monsters are fighting, they just cut to them in a lab somewhere. It's not interesting. What the hell is it with Warner Brothers and doing these movies that are supposed to connect with each other, but their tones are all radically different because they're just different directors that don't have the same plan? Yeah, well, I was going to yeah. mention the director of this one is Adam Wingard. The DC shit, like the Zet Snyderverse, <laughs> and now this Kong yeah. ver- this yeah. Dinkleverse. The so, Kongverse. Dingleverse. The Dingleverse. <laughs> yeah, because, like, obviously, dumb Wingard loves his 80s aesthetic. He did this whole, like, neon, <laughs> like, buildings fight scene and, uh, you know, all that mm-hmm. synth music throughout the, the film. So it's like, yeah, yeah this, is a, this is a dumb Wingard film for sure. Rebecca Hall's in it, like, doing nothing. Like, that's what I mean about the characters. They're so... Like, they get good actors and they do nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These good actors are just along for the ride because it it says in their contracts that they have to be in sequels yeah. and they get paid a lot of money to be in them. But they don't do anything. Millie Bobby Brown's in it because she's the Stranger Things kid. Yeah, no one cares about the humans. It's just about the fights. 
it's just, just about, about the fights. It's all in service of just the fights, which are about a minute long, and they're not what? that great, honestly. I'm just saying. There's a lot of fights in it, so yeah. I'll, I'll give it some credit. I don't know. For the me, they've, that... they've kind of was, it was like a blink and you miss it. It was really? mostly just boring character development. I mean, they were they yeah. were terribly boring, and I agree with you in that sense. Like the yeah, fight, exactly. The That's fights I mean. sucked, yeah. Yeah, and they the were stupid, sucked. and I wasn't invested at all. But they made up a good yeah. chunk of the movie. Thankfully. I might be exaggerating. They made up more of the movie than fucking Mortal Kombat, which we'll talk about either later today or next. Mortal Kombat's episode. much shorter. And Mortal Kombat's funnier. I don't um, know. We'll What's get the runtime yeah. on both of these? Let's see. Let's can you type for me? I have got I've got wrist brace on. Can you look this up? <laughs> I'm trying to heal. Yeah, so uh Godzilla vs. Kong is one hour fifty three. And Mortal Kombat's one hour fifty. Yeah. Yeah. So they're about the same. Really? They're the same? For me, Godzilla versus Kong felt like it was three hours long and Mortal Kombat flew by. So I guess yeah. that says something about the dumb fun of Mortal Kombat. As Did you to smoke this. weed before Mortal Kombat? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like they were both they were both stupid. I felt like Mortal Kombat had much more like filler though. Okay, but at least you're watching real people fight in that film. This is two CGI things that i guess they're trying to develop i mean in mortal kombat there was a lot of cg nonsense too they fought the lizard it was yeah so but stupid. the humans are fighting the humans are fighting it's it's two people like in this it's it's literally just like watching a video game you got king kong godzilla fighting True. all in a totally yeah, cgi it is environment like watching a video then game. they try to develop these cgi monsters by giving them some kind like king, king kong has a a little deaf girl oh yeah that was so he, funny like, brought up because, you know, in the old Godzilla, he has, like, a hot uh, woman that he carries around, like, in rags. <laughs> then they can't do that in a modern-day movie because that's misogynist. So they give him, like, a, you know, like, a deaf person, like, to, to care about. And, like, King Kong's, like, a sensitive person. She taught this, him or sign King language. a sensitive gorilla. And nobody else noticed until the perfect dramatic moment where it was revealed. They were also going for <laughs> Rampage, the movie with Dwayne Johnson, where he does sign oh. language with that gorilla, and then, you know, that gorilla like grows 15 times. And I don't, it, I don't know, like I don't know if I would garbage. trace it back to Rampage to find the origins no, I would of trace teaching it back sign to language to a gorilla in films, but <laughs> I think Rampage it's a pretty this movie. tropey <laughs> thing, enough, honestly. I think Rampage is the first movie to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the action, I yeah. mean, to me, that was the biggest shock, because... <laughs> It's the only thing I was really expecting and hoping for mm -hmm. was some good, memorable, creative action. And the only thing I really remember is they like fight underwater and there's a robot. Really forgettable stuff because the aesthetic there's no there's nothing really to break it up. It's so it's like a visual blur of blue and orange. The whole thing. <laughs> there's some purple in there. Sorry, yeah, a bit of purple, a bit of pink. <laughs> yeah. It's not taking risks. But I just, that. there's nothing for me to connect to. I, I just, I, I was sat there just wondering, like, okay, when am I going to care about any of this? Like, I guess you already have to be invested in the imagery and of Godzilla punching King Kong. You have to have a boner for kaijus. That's a prerequisite. Apparently, a but lot I of do have do. a boner for kaijus. That's the thing. I do. Mm -hmm. I just like it when there's a bit more going on. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There needs to be more going on. There needs to be. I don't know. For me, the fights flew by. Maybe I just prefer the guys in the suits. <laughs> That's just my preference. Or maybe a blend of both. Because Shin Godzilla was a... It was a guy in a suit, but they put CGI on top of it. It actually oh, kind of nice. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, yeah, it looked unique. Really creepy, it looked look. cool. I like the yeah. CG in that. Movie. It's just something about the yeah. effects in this. It reminded me of the Pacific Rim sequel, the the yes, bad one. Yes, because it's not like there's something about the first Pacific Rim. Those robots had weight to them. Yeah, weight and the fights good. felt the really scale very real. Yeah. The scale, right? And even the first Godzilla, Gareth Edwards one, like the the way yeah. they build up Godzilla to be this fucking behemoth, it actually works. And in this, yeah. the way the camera would move, like a camera can't move a hundred miles in a second like the way this exactly. this movie does but within the scale trying to capture these fights it they have to do that and it just doesn't look yeah good. it looks fake to your of, eye. Uh, it looks so, like a yeah. cartoon yeah it looks like a cartoon and maybe that's what they were going for but i also just think adam wingard's a bit of an idiot and he doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to <laughs> right <stuff. laughs> um just coming to this <laughs> you know multi-million dollar i mean even we've we've uh dissected his like two million dollar movies and they're not yeah. They're, they're a bit flawed. Uh, this one, I don't know. I don't think he could direct scenes like that. It's no uh, Lord of the Rings in that regard. I, f- I feel like he he's where he belongs, though. Making schlock? He, as long as he stays <laughs> out of like properties that I like, like Death Note, if he wants to keep making dumb kaiju shit, whatever, I'm happy. Because he's getting work no matter what. So I'd rather have him do Godzilla movies than Death Note. Yeah, yeah I'm glad people are enjoying it. I'm just, I just don't know what it is. That I'm missing, you know. I was hoping you yeah. guys, like, I saw your rating, Ralph. I was hoping you'd be able to explain. Uh, well, I'd seen all these too, and I don't know. It doesn't oh, stand out particularly. Yeah, it's a it's the best film of the year. <laughs> okay, I think it gets nominated next year for the Oscars. I don't think it's like particularly worse than any of the other ones. It's very, uh, it's just bad. It's stupid shit. If you like that kind of thing, bland. <laughs> Is it any worse than King of the Monsters? I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't see it so. Definitely Gareth Edwards' movie is solid, the Godzilla one. Yeah. Mm. I, I guess it just bothers me the way it, so it just jumps around if, if it's supposed to be this joined universe and there is just absolutely yeah. no cohesion at it's all. It's very cynical, the commercialness of, like, yeah. we got to yeah, connect exactly. it all to the different movies. and Yeah, I understand that. Lizard it's just not the worst monkey. film I've ever seen. It's no gaudy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's oh, not yeah. that good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just... Uh... I, I understand that a lot of people apparently got what they wanted wanted out of it. They just must have really loved the fight scenes, but yeah, I didn't I didn't care about the fight scenes and they weren't like impressive. I didn't find myself going like whoa at any moment. Right? I would have yeah, loved I didn't to care have. about Godzilla. That would have been King ideal. Kong or any of the humans. Yeah, and I don't that's a like huge I, problem. Why are they fighting? <laughs> Does that matter? Is am I am I wrong for asking that question? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's what it was, because, like, for example, in Kong Skull Island, the whole movie is paced in a way to kind of build up the island, the intrigue, the monsters of the island, and it all kind of concludes with this fight with this, like, skull creature, and that is satisfying, because you haven't really seen anything like that in the mm-hmm. rest of the movie, yeah. but here, it's just, like, one emotion for the whole thing, yeah, one like, style of intensity for the whole thing. Yay, they defeated Mecha Godzilla, a villain that showed up 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, like, what? it's a big, dumb movie that references mm-hmm. a bunch of blockbusters like Batman vs. Superman is one of them. Because, yep. of course, King yep. Kong loses. I guess I'm spoiling it. Spoilers, King Kong loses and, and <laughs> dies. But they bring him back to life <laughs> because they both need to team up to fight Mecha Godzilla. Like in Batman vs. Superman. Oh, that happened? I was like, Well, well Batman wins. And then they're like, well, Apocalypse <laughs> is coming or some kind of giant monster's coming. So you guys need to team up to fight this thing. Yeah, I was so disappointed by that. It's so predictable that that is what's going to happen. And the fight is so, okay, it was fine. But Mechagodzilla kind of looks stupid. 
I oh, prefer really the old one. <laughs> this is supposed to be the same Godzilla from the 2014 movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is it so fucking anthropomorphized? Like, why is Godzilla smiling when he, like, punches King Kong hard enough? You, like, see these close-up shots of him, he's like, hey, 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 bring it on, bitch. Like, that's not <laughs> the... I don't cartoon. remember that from the 2014 God. This is the same character, right? Like, it makes sense on Kong, because yeah, he's, like, a tone. humanoid animal, like a, a primate, primate or whatever, right? It makes sense. Gorillas smile, right? That's how they emote sometimes. Uh, fucking mm-hmm. Godzilla? What? Why? Why are you like? Why do we have these close zoom shots of like your facial expressions here? It was so weird. <laughs> yeah, they do treat the kaiju's a bit differently. Because what was the previous one? Gods and monsters? Did you say? I can't remember what the the titles are. But King the of the one, monsters. They, right? King of the monsters. Um, yeah, but they, they. I remember them treating them a little bit differently. They weren't like big cartoons. They were kind of big monsters that were intimidating and actually felt like the size they were and that they were a huge challenge to take down but i guess that's because they didn't have the giant lizard and giant monkey that had to fight and i don't know yeah maybe yeah there was um giant monkey <laughs> there's a lot of stupid shit in it it wasn't good no sadly it wasn't i was i thought i was gonna love the new adam those Winger fights thing. even i mean you could just watch the fights on youtube People will re-upload them on YouTube and watch them there. Yeah, I noticed one of them just yeah. floating around on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's all. The, that's all it's yeah. for. It's for the monster fights, which is what the old ones are for. But that was a different time where you couldn't just clip two minutes of a movie. You had to yeah. go to a theater and watch the whole thing, and they had to develop characters. Now you just you know find and the it charm somewhere. is different. <laughs> there, there isn't there isn't charm to like the 2021 exactly. cg mindfuck compared to the guys in like costumes like rolling around mm-hmm. on a set you they know? should have uploaded the whole movie to just snapchat yeah <laughs> just upload the monster fights yeah it's tiktoks bark sorry it's barking yeah Shut up, bro. <laughs> i agree that's my <laughs> rating <laughs> yeah sorry that's all right here's people outside uh what would we give it out of 10 I mean, when I came to sat down to watch this movie, I got my my like notes ready. I was I was ready for this, and within about five minutes, I just put my notepad away. I'm so I, I think I know what we're dealing with here, and yeah, I was just uninterested from beginning to end. I know it's like a gut emotional reaction to rate it what I did on Letterbox, but he gave I, up. I gave up. I never want to see this again. I forgot about it. Not even five minutes after it ended, I'm never going to think about this again. Um, if I was being like properly fair, it would probably be one or two star, but I'm sticking to my half star. Fuck this film. <laughs> yeah, totally. Two star is is my rating. It was two and a half, but yeah, Mortal Kombat kind of made me realize that this is this isn't dumb fun. This is kind of just dull, and I wanted just human characters to care about, and okay. there's none of that. Awesome. Yeah. I think we might have slightly uh, opposite opinions on this in Mortal Kombat. So, yeah, well, let's talk about that. Uh, I'm giving Godzilla versus Kong 3 out of 10. Uh, Adam Wingard found his calling. He's exactly where he needs to be, away from properties <laughs> that I like. So, at, w- before we move on to Mortal Kombat really quickly, I just I forgot about one tiny thing about the Godzilla thing. So, were they... When it, when when the they were going to get Kong and it was like half upside down world was that like the center of the Earth? Yeah, Hollow Earth theory. Where the fuck was the light coming from? Because there was like sunlight everywhere. That's why I was I was uh, like, is the this 80s, the probably? center of the Earth? Like I don't know what was happening. It was like they would show 
like the 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 fl- uh, lens flare from the sun, but not the sun itself. Like if you just move the camera slightly over, but it was like, well, because there is no sun because it's the hollow Earth, right? So that's why I was really confused. Yeah. It was funny how they tried to do a shitty little two thousand one A Space Odyssey thing on their way there. That was cringe. That was bad. Yeah, another um, reference. Yeah. Well, Godzilla has a reference to that too. Ralph and I saw Mortal Mortal Combat. <laughs> you gotta yell it. Yeah, what'd you uh, think? How yeah, I love the movie. I thought it was really? awesome. I give it five star. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not five star, but it is a very guilty pleasure. Like it is, it okay. might be one of the stupidest, stupidest films I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but it's very funny, and like if you're even going into it knowing what Mortal Kombat is, like it, it totally. I think like for a fan, it would suit their purposes, right? <laughs> like it's got fights, it's bloody. It's got all the lines from the show, or it's got all the lines from the game. I'm sorry, uh, fatality, finish him, get over it's here, dumb, campy shit. Yeah, get action. over here, brother. The action's great. I thought the action was fucking great. I saw this in a theater, by the way, and the oh. sound was great. Uh, really great effects. The effects on Sub Zero freezing people and whatever it was fun. Yeah, I don't know. For for a video game movie, especially, it's really exciting. Especially compared to, I'd seen recently the Hitman movie, not the Timothy oh. Oliphant one, the Hitman, Hitman Agent 47, oh, yeah. which was oh, fucking dear. boring. And yeah. again, Hitman's about stealth in that movie. He's like in the middle of Times Square fucking shooting a thousand people. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then there's Assassin's Creed with Michael Fassbender. And that was boring as shit. Yo, clearly made by yeah. people who have no like passion for that game. And like, well, I don't know who does for Assassin's Creed because it's fucking boring. <laughs> and then... Now you have Mortal Kombat, and it's it's they got Asian people to be in it, unlike that '80s one where it's a bunch of white people. <laughs> like Raid is a white guy. <laughs> like here, it's like I kind of want to see people, the '90s. And they speak one. Japanese and Chinese. It's funny. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's I like that one I too. I would love but, to see you know, that one. You have to buy it, and that one's a PG-13 because it's made for teenagers. Ultimately, and they weren't going to put out a rated R movie because then no one would see it back then. Now it's different. Everyone loves violence in a movie as long as it's fun. And yeah, the the theater had a bunch of people in it. Like 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 there was like a little girl in the theater. Like tons of people of all ages, of old men, the kids. I it's violent, about violent, but it's funny as fuck. Like it's it's oh, right. funny violence. Like a guy. I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's really funny. Violence is an American pastime, Alex. You wouldn't understand. Oh right. Yeah, well, as long yeah. as it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That I um. Same same issue that I had with King Kong. This film is hyping itself mm-hmm. up to be, uh, or sorry, Kong, Godz- sorry, Dinkle versus Kong. This film is hyping <laughs> itself up to be this like, like oh, we're, we're not like the other video game movies. We're R rated. And then I watch it, and it's like, damn, you really like you you fucking cowards couldn't even show the death of like the woman and child at the beginning. You fucking cut away. Right off screen, and <laughs> then it's like, oh, they're that. dead again. So Why did you need to see shit, that? Right? Yeah. You're gonna take off points for that. No, no this movie they're is fucking so cowards. Violent. It goes against their marketing. <laughs> they're not it goes cowards. against this their movie marketing. Is so they're, not, they're not even Get okay. I'm spoiling the movie. Sorry, they, Alex. They, first of all, they show them frozen to death. Like you yeah, see but they, a kid they, and we never a, see their death. We never see their death. And then they do the exact same thing with the main the main character's wife and and child at the end of the movie, and it's like, oh. I turn my back and they're frozen now. And then in this instance, it's like, oh, they're actually just fine. They just needed to be thawed up a little. It's like, oh, fuck off. You cowards. Yeah. It's really stupid. And I just like, I couldn't well, even that, get then into... Then Scorpion had his uh, fire powers. So yeah, that was stupid. Them. That was so, fucking so it's different. horrendous. <laughs> okay, the whole movie's <laughs> stupid. Like, 
it, it's it's a di- it's different from all the video game movies in that it totally understands what it is and it embraces the stupid stupid campiness. It's a lot. I mean, of fun. so did Space. And Cop. I didn't feel the length of it. So at did all. Space Cop, Ralph. Space Cop is dog <laughs> shit. Space Cop is so lazy. Like there's shots Space in that Cop movie that aren't even exposed correctly. The frame rate isn't correct. Like it's so cheap. This is really polished. Like I love the visual effects in here. I think the action scenes are great. The I wouldn't call it really polished. Good. I wouldn't call it polished. Go back to. I, uh, I think it's awesome. There was a there was a moment at, at the end of the the fight scene at um where they get unthawed like near the end of the film. Look at the uh, yeah. look at the overhead shot and look at where their feet are. It's really really funny. You can see the uh, the indentations as they're walking of this like obvious like rug or mat that they're using instead of like snow or yeah. ice. Oh, it mm. was like it was right. not good looking. There was a lot of okay. it that just like sure there are some good effects here and there. Like it's I don't know if I would say that they're monumentally better than Dingle versus Kong or anything. I would say that they're <laughs> probably about the same. Um, and I mean, I watched both of them cut. in the same setting. I watched both of them on the same projector. I don't know if you watched one in the theater mm-hmm. and one not. Um, so I watched in just a theater. I don't know. I was wondering if you watched both this and the Dingle versus Kong in theaters. Oh, Dingle versus Kong! I saw on my TV. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I had an opportunity to see in a theater. I was just wasn't interested mm-hmm. <laughs> in that movie. This, I was like, okay, I, I've seen these games. Uh, yeah i don't know to to me this is so it embraces what it is and i think it's a lot of fun my biggest issue with it is the second act mainly is uh once that when they're not fight when they're not fighting and they're just kind of like talking in earth realm there's or a lot whatever the fuck they're supposed to be <laughs> there's, there's, there's not a lot of that lot but, uh, of yeah how's the exposition it, it's, it's so the middle of long. the movie the, it's bad they dick around <laughs> bad, so much and the story sucks and and the characters are ridiculous because you have Jax, who is this guy with like metal arms sonya blade there's like a birthmark they gotta earn their like <laughs> cutie marks or whatever uh-huh they have to earn their uh, cutie marks. little tattoos yeah that's yeah the k marks that's cutie the logo marks. of the mortal Kombat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they have to earn that. It, it's somehow given to you at birth for some people, but other people, they have to earn it. Yeah, you Like, Sonya defeats enough. someone, and then she gets one. Like, it just appears on her arm. Raiden could just teleport any character anywhere. So that kind yeah. of breaks everything. And he can also teleport everyone to the void, which is this place where no one can get to you. So I'm like, why aren't you in the void like all the time? If they're because <laughs> you know There's a huge a party, is they're trying to get power. to the tournament, but they can't get to the tournament because uh, Shao Kahn keeps sending fighters to come kill them, uh, so they can't even get there. But like then Raiden just uh, teleports them all to a void that like you know keeps them safe. It's like okay, so why didn't you just put them all there before? There are a lot of plot holes. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're not supposed to think it's stupid, and nothing <laughs> matters because yeah. a the deaths at the beginning didn't really happen because he just comes back. Well, no death matters in this universe. It's exactly, they just come nothing. Back. The entire movie doesn't matter. All the characters that die in the entire <laughs> movie are just like at the end. You see the the big main bad guy is like well. I'll bring them back even more powerful and we get a shot of each of them like turning into smoke. It's like, oh, they're going to get transported to hell and come back or some shit. It's like, no one's ever really gone. Like, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. What was the whole movie then? What was the whole movie? Yeah. Well, well, the stakes are the tournament. The tournament was they they have they had nine wins, the Shao Kahn team. And if they got one more win, they were going to take over Earthrealm and destroy it. So these Nothing guys matters. had to come in and defend Earthrealm. Okay. So that was the point. They had to, if they didn't defend Earthrealm in this movie, Earth would have been destroyed. So that is like the movie had stakes. It's just yeah, once people are killed, 
it's they, they just come, come back, back anyway. in the next movie because next movie you'll see you Goro put in again. another coin uh, but but who cares the characters are so stupid in this movie like kano is fucking ridiculous he shoots a laser out of his eye for for no reason oh yeah it's stupid <laughs> like it's because he just gets really angry in one scene and he just He's shoots like, a laser out yes, of his I, eye. i found my thing it's uh -huh. a laser. In the video games, I thought it made a bit more sense because he's like a robot kind of cyborg in that. So he shoots a laser out of his eye because he's got a metal face. Mm -hmm. And same with um, Jax. Like, he's got weak metal arms, but yeah, then why he they kind give of him shit arms into, the like, mega arms. <laughs> yeah, but he, like, just he evolves in one scene them. for no reason. And he then, just transforms into yeah. Super Jax. And it's like, how the fuck did that happen? Then, then he's like, I don't know. Through the power of love or something, he sheds a single tear and then his arms grow three times that day. <laughs> like, what? I don't yeah. know what the fuck they're I'm sorry going if for. I'm spoiling, like, major plot things for you, Alex, but these things aren't, like, the, the parts that you're going to remember. What you're going to remember are the action scenes and the fatalities, and I think all that stuff is really good. That's worth yeah, seeing Yeah, I was going to say, for. how do you even spoil this? Like, really? You can't. because yeah, <laughs> the plot's dumb. <laughs> it's Sonya Blade, like, just the characters' names. She was She was great. Like, that character was ridiculous and the actor fucking sucked but the like i don't know it was funny as hell just watching that what is know. the balance of that fun to boredom though because that is what these kind of movies ride or die on there's a lot of not fighting in this movie like that i mm -hmm. i'm i'm willing to i'm willing to bet money that the ratio of fight scenes to not fight scenes is worse in mortal combat than godzilla versus kong yeah it felt wow. like they cut a few corners in that regard because they're setting this up also for sequels. Clearly, like that's what they're going for. And since oh, this yeah, was I mean, a huge success, no they're going to make sequels, of course. Uh, the next movie will be much more eventful. They'll have more fighters. They'll have like you know Wasn't a ton it of CGI. A huge it, it was a pretty big success, especially for like the quarantine stuff. It, it made a lot of money, so, which is good. I mean, when did it even come out? How, how long? It's just one weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, it came out Friday. Shit, okay. So it's doing good. Um, so they'll definitely make sequels if if that's what they want to do. Um, I think it's doing well. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe in the sequel they should, yeah, definitely make the make the set pieces more spectacular. Because this felt like kind of Dragon Ball Evolution at times, where yeah, I it mean, was like cheap. It felt scaled back. The main character of the film isn't anyone you'd actually know. It isn't Sub Zero Scorpion. It's just some guy, and he's like living with his family in some small town. The fight with Goro is just him, like near his house. Yeah, like it's not anywhere. It's not Earth Realm. It's not like I don't know the Shadow Realm or whatever the fuck. I don't know Mortal Kombat that well, but it should have been something cooler than that. Uh, in yeah. that way, the movie feels kind of scaled back. And there's a lot of scenes, yeah, where there's just exposition, padding out with dumb jokes. Uh, but I still thought it was fun. I don't know. Here's my issue is that, like, I would have loved to have had had an experience where I thought that, like, the whole film was, like, self-aware. It kn knows what it is. And it's like, yeah, you can argue that for parts of it, I guess. But, like, there's so much not just, like, boring exposition, but, like, unironic, like, pretending to be cool music and pretending to be super serious and sad <laughs> music and scenes that accompany it where it's like oh my like it, it's the the tone of this film and especially the music and so many scenes are just like screaming to be taken seriously which i find just completely contradictory to what the film is telling us in the marketing that it's trying to be and telling us in some of the totally scenes it's pretty you know clear. like yeah it's so inconsistent. They, they're trying to make you care about these characters, which is stupid. Especially That's this a main stupid one, idea. By giving him a wife movie. and a, yeah. 
<laughs> but they have to do that somewhat because it's a movie. Otherwise, there's absolutely no reason to even watch it. So I at least appreciate the I attempt. I don't necessarily they give agree Luke with Kang that. And so who's the guy with the metal hat? Like they give them some kind of they're like family members or something. <laughs> they're related in some way. So they, they have like some kind of a relationship. And that gave them, I don't know, it made it more interesting. I didn't feel like those those scenes took away from the movie. Yeah, I'm just uh, I I never play button mashing games unless it's like fucking I don't know Smash Brothers or I something. I suck at Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but I, mm-hmm. I play it with like people who really love it. It's fun and the fatalities are great. That's the trademark. You can watch That's those what makes on it YouTube. So much, like I can't stand fucking Street Fighter and all that other shit because it's so I don't know so boring. <laughs> I like the fatalities. Mm-hmm. I like watching people get sliced in half or whatever. Yeah, it's more satisfying to do them in person. By the way, too, I don't like watching them on YouTube. Oh, I don't even. It, it makes no difference <laughs> to me, honestly. So, it's a very satisfying way to end a fight. I recognized a couple things that are so obviously pop culture that you you can't have lived on this planet without hearing them. It was like, get over here. It's like, oh, he said the thing, and then when the Mortal yeah. Kombat music oh, comes on, it's like, bam, 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 for like a little bit. Yeah, the that Mortal Kombat theme modern is in rendition it. of it was kind of funny. But yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not enough of a fan of the games to be excited and clap when I see the thing, you know? Like when they say yeah. it and it's like I It's just I a bunch of references. It. Yeah. They reference um well there's there's some characters in here that you'd probably know, like Kano, Sonya Blade, but then there's like oh, obscure okay. ones. There's this woman with flying like she flies or whatever, she has wings. That's like a PS2 era, PS1 era Mortal Kombat character. So I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting. They threw that in there." And they have a is it Cabal, I think? The guy yeah. with the... He has, like, these giant blades, and he curses a lot. That character was fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought this movie was a fucking blast. If you, I'm if you're a fan of very Mortal happy Kombat, for you. I wish I could have felt that way. As David Ayer would say, it's a movie made for the fans. Yeah. I wouldn't rate it anything highly, but... Yeah. I don't know. I didn't Just think it was nine. boring. Yeah. I would take one point off. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I would say three stars for this. Okay. I'd like to talk about it again with Alex. Yeah, see if Alex, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm still interested. But, to but speaking it. from like from other fans of Mortal Kombat, they thought it was fun. I don't think it's a great movie. They need to make a sequel and definitely make it like they need to give it two hundred million dollars and make it like Avengers Endgame, like really fucking crazy. <laughs> like then I would give it like a high rating. Yeah, it needs to be like Mad Max Fury Road or something like that. Uh, but this is like a good start. I think I thought this was a lot of fun for what it was. Uh, not high art. Won't be getting any Oscars though. Get used to it, man. I mean, this is the start of the onslaught of game movies. I heard they're yeah. doing a Ghost of Tsushima movie. Mm-hmm. There's, there's this Uncharted movie Last that's coming us. out. There's that the HBO Ryan Reynolds one, Free Guy. Show. That's not based on anything. But that's, like a video game movie. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's more of a Reddit movie than a game movie. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a Reddit, Reddit movie. movie. Yeah. It is in a video game. It's, it's like, a, isn't movie. it like Groundhog Day? Yeah, it's like that. Groundhog Day yeah. for gamers. Uh, and I'm giving Mortal Kombat a 2 out of 10, and I would love to hear what you think about it. Alex, if you want to watch it before next time. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. I'll check it out. Lots of exposition. <laughs> there is lots of dumb shit. Film recommendation. The one, the big one this time, I picked Chinatown by noted uncontroversial good guy Roman Polanski starring Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway. It's a 19... 19- 70s film 1974 i think but it's set in the 30s and so it's something that kind of creates a uh kind of kind of like a noirish film without going completely 
noir-ish and using a lot of uh a lot of uh 70s uh kind of writing you know something that wouldn't have been exactly as available if you made this film earlier or i guess like socially available for what you could do with the mm-hmm. story is like an investigation private detective jack nicholson he's trying to f- figure out uh the uh ch- water and power chief engineer's secret love life he thinks he's being hired by uh the wife and then he finds out it was not the wife and then he unravels a lot of crazy things and this is a spoiler discussion what did you two think of it i really enjoyed it great detective story yeah yeah yeah, really good i've never seen the film it is very good (laughs) yes uh it's it's regarded as one of the best films of all time so i'm glad i finally got to see it jack nicholson in this movie first of all is incredible it's like one of the best he's an incredible actor given many Mm -hmm. of my favorite performances but in this movie he's just amazing and I, I really believe this character and I don't know, it's like a different era for him. This is basically yeah. like when he was on fire. Yeah. Cuckoo's Nest was around this yeah. time. And of course the shining. Like, yeah, mega talented guy. You you see his like he's got a charisma that shines through in it. I don't know. I don't know how to even describe it. <laughs> yeah. I love his uh I love when he gets his nose fucked up too and he has to wear a bandage because it just gives him a, such a unique look. Yeah, and they they do it for yeah, so much violence. of the film yeah. too. Yeah, there's a visual representation of how much he's getting beaten down by all of this shit that he he just kind of stumbles onto, and he persists through, whether or not that's a good idea. You know. Yeah, he's shown to <laughs> yeah. have a lot of attitude, doesn't he? He doesn't mm-hmm. like whenever he's challenged, he goes at 110 percent back, like in the barber <laughs> yeah. scene where he really feels the need to justify. His yeah, job. he feels a bit insecure about it. Great there's, character. There's moment. just loads of cool details like that with his character, and he's he's an, he's ingenious too in his approach to the to his kind of detective work. I loved the way he put a watch behind the car tire, so he knew that when the 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 watch face was destroyed, that that was the time the car left, and just the kind of d- detective work that had to be done back in the 30s. You know, the things you don't even think about nowadays were. Just detective stories are not the same in contemporary times because the technology and just all the stuff he had to do to solve the mystery and yeah, it was where really it creative. goes, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super creative. Um, is this based on a book or is this an original? No, this is an original screenplay. The writer was really that's uh, even more impressive. The writer was offered like, and <laughs> a crap ton of money, especially for the seventies. It was like, like I don't know, like a hundred thousand dollars, hundred fifty thousand dollars to like write uh, an adaptation of The Great Gatsby, and he was like, "I don't want to do that." He decided that it was he didn't want to be known as this unknown screenwriter who just ruined a literary classic. He didn't think that he could like yeah. do it justice, and so he's like, "You know what? Um, I'd rather just work on an original story that I'd like to tell." So he took a lot less money from a producer. It was like fifteen thousand or something. It was like a tenth of what he would have made doing The Great Gatsby. And he just wrote something that uh, I'm trying to remember the uh, the personal nature that there was to it. But he was very familiar with like L.A. and just how you know the city transformed into something that he wound up not liking <laughs> as he grew older and tried to like capture that I guess feeling in his screenplay. And then um, Roman Polanski wound up altering a good amount of it, but not like. Not entirely. They were mostly collaborative, except for two scenes, one of which I really like Roman Polanski's edition, and one of which I really do not, that being the ending and the sex scene. 
so the ending, Roman Polanski was very insistent to have Faye Dunaway's character die. And that, I think, turned out to be a great ending. The sex scene itself, mm-hmm. the fact that he needed to be in like a romantic sexual relationship with this other character... Roman Polanski was very insistent about that. I don't know if that is necessary for the movie. Perhaps people in the seventies really needed to see that in a movie. I don't. I, I didn't think that added anything to it and was kind of stupid. I agree. The whole get the girl trope, you know. Would you say she's a bit of a femme fatale? Um, you could you could classify her as that in ways. Yeah, I think I would, and that's why that was fine for me because you know femme fatale. It's part of the character. <laughs> I don't know. The, I don't know. But sexual. I mean, like. Um, it's I think LA she has a lot more depth than that, though, as a character. Yeah, yeah of course she does. And like what we yeah, learn about definitely. her, you know, she has mm-hmm. she's clearly motivated and not necessarily through like evil motivations or anything. Yeah. Well, every character is just I mean, Jack Nicholson's the hardball detective, but he's obviously much more developed than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just that yeah, stereotype. At the heart of the story is this kind of story of corruption, which is all based around this this water business. Which um, fans of Rango will recognise that yes. film. Oh, yeah. a hell of a lot of inspiration. Very similar to Rango from Chinatown. Um, but you can very clearly see the line where they stop taking inspiration because the places that Chinatown goes are extremely dark towards the end, and it it really hammers oh, yeah. home the kind of you know the when the abuse of power is around. A, a resource like water you know that everyone needs that everyone is pining for it's such a base level resource there's something extra heinous about the the abuse of power just to to build up strength using a resource such as water i think that's a really good choice just in terms mm-hmm. of like the the base story i love the whole villain character in the because he's uh, his design is stolen in Rango too with the turtle guy with the suspenders and the oh, hat. Yeah. And the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this, There's a lot of Rango similar. similarities. Fuck, we should rewatch mm-hmm. Rango. Even now. like the hillbilly group, he comes across. Well, there's the scene Jack Nicholson goes in the field, you know, and he's driving his car around. It's kind of a little car chase. That was very similar to uh, the scene in Rango where he comes across the hillbillies. Kinda. Shit, you guys have Rango <laughs> so, yeah, much, yeah. So, so much more clear in your memories than I do. I haven't seen it since it's yeah, released. Yeah, I just happened to watch it about a year ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, the the water stuff. Yeah, it's so similar. Um, that's a it's more of a western though. I I definitely see where they yeah, took yeah. inspiration. Yeah. Still made their own thing out of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's just so much that's great about the writing and directing combined, in terms of like how to start and stop a scene, how to communicate information so that it's not you know stupid and obvious. I believe one of the changes Roman Polanski made to the script was there used to be like voiceover narration and he wound up changing it so that as we see the film now, we are discovering information in pretty much the same way that Jack Nicholson's character is. So the audience has as much information as the main character mm-hmm. that yeah. supposedly wasn't in the original script and it was presented a bit differently. And even even ignoring like the mystery elements to it, I think that there's a lot of great information communicated not just about the plot but about the characters um in very very tight very neat ways which is something that polanski is really good at doing yeah so like even just considering like the opening scene like i didn't know what the fuck was going on at the very beginning it's like oh there's a man crying he's like hit the blinds right i think that's the guy that shows up later that he gets a ride from yeah yeah so yeah that was a good reincorporation oh yeah that was great reincorporation and then like immediately in the next scene it's like there's a woman she's like i want you to figure out 
what my husband's doing. It's like, oh, it clicks. It's there. You didn't need to over explain it in the first scene. They're, they're, you know, the, the element of like what is going on with the, you know, he shows some naked pictures, blah, blah, blah. It, it's subtle. It's not like completely incomprehensible, but like it's so clear very quickly in the next scene already. It's like, oh, 100% of the information is there. It's just, it's, it's a really neat and, uh, nice way of of communicating information i love it when it's not just mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel stupid <laughs> you know yeah i mean it, it, it honestly almost shocks me that um it wasn't based on a book because i thought the writing was such top tier I, I almost just wrote it off like yeah of course it's this good this must awesome, be based yeah. on some classic novel or something because yeah i found the dialogue to be amazing um mm-hmm. all around uh yeah the, the the forget it's jake line going back to just the way that they're so efficient with the way they build up the main character where in those early scenes where he's talking about where he doesn't want, you know, the last dime and he's, he's, he's kind of a good guy, but kind of not at the same time. He's got his own motivations. He's a complicated character, but just he's such a fun way to go, to go through this mystery with, um, cause he's so motivated and he won't stop at anything. And yeah, it's, it's just a great adventure from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's classic. <laughs> it's one of the best noirs ever. Something that I found a lot of enjoyment uh, in from this film was a lot of the, um, and I guess a lot of this boils down to just like the character of that Jack Nicholson is playing and how he delivers it, but also just the way it's mm-hmm. written in terms of like, there's so many funny insults and so much profanity. And then <laughs> yeah. I love how like later in the film, you can you know, piece together that, I don't know, also also possibly because this is the 30s and just more because of his character, that he kind of, like, has to have a filter in certain situations. Like, he was about to say my ass or something. He was like, they, oh, yeah, wait, I have it written down. <laughs> well, frankly, Mrs. Mulray, you saved my a- neck. <laughs> you saved my neck. <laughs> you know, he changed it. So he has to, like, consciously remind himself to put that filter on because he's, like, just so much more profane than every other character in the movie. And it's, like, that moment where mm-hmm. it contextualizes just, like, how different he is from those around him. I really liked that. And obviously, you know, the character dynamic where he's, like, trying to be nice to her and p- be polite and just, you know, he's, I guess, trying to get in her pants, too. But, you know. Yeah, there's that um comedic beat early in the movie where he's telling that that rude joke and he doesn't realize the woman's right behind him that kind of oh, yeah. establishes his mind quite well mm. oh yeah mm. I, l- I love the the guy next to the elevator <laughs> and he's just like he's just completely <laughs> insulting him they they shut off the water how'd you know you didn't drink it you don't take a bath in it they must have sent you a letter <laughs> But then you'd have to be able to read, and <laughs> just like he just starts like <laughs> yeah, slowly funny. walking towards him, like expressionless, like holy fuck! I mm-hmm. loved that moment. That was so funny. Yeah, it's a perfect blend of comedy, and then yeah. basically every scene in this movie serves a purpose. There's no fluff. Like, True, the pacing mm-hmm. is perfect. Great flow. Um, yeah, the the amount of information doled out mixed in with that levity. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Like, every scene moves the story forward, except the sex scene, kind of. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. know. It, it needs to be in there for the for the noirness. It wouldn't be a noir sure. without it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like this, it, I, you can break conventions. I'm just making an argument like for that back then. Sure. Yeah, I yeah. Know. I mean, if there's anything to critique, yeah. But this is this is like classic noir. It's fucking perfect. It's so mm-hmm. yeah. It's exciting. It's the dialogue's great. The actors. It's made in that time period where you know 
there was nothing else like this really like you can't even make a film this good again i don't think <laughs> in, yeah. in this way like you were saying just the way it blends in that period and the technology it's so original and uh exciting yeah i mean like for the time and i might be mistaken but this is what i heard is that it was kind of unconventional to do a noir where it wasn't just like some sort of like murder mystery where it was like it was more of a corruption and water supply thing it's like that's kind of like a new yeah. spin on the corruption it, of the city yeah. yeah and that eventually led to like la confidential which is the same kind of thing it's about oh, yeah. corruption yeah. los angeles and that's a much higher scale i think <laughs> but like, that movie's awesome i love that movie and mm -hmm. it's building off this yeah you're right it's much more interesting than just like someone got murdered you know, yeah. It starts with, like, my husband's cheating on someone. Can you go stake him out? And then it kind of, you know, like you said, it falls apart. And, and you find out this, it uncovers, he uncovers this whole spider web of conspiracy. Yeah, there's a lot of, everything that gets revealed as the story continues is just so interesting and engaging. It's like. Yeah, the pond. I love that. Yeah, you can't just, mm -hmm. you can't, like, shut off the movie at any point, even if you didn't like something about it. It's like, you kind of have to figure out where it's going, right? <laughs> like. Mm -hmm. at least leave it on yeah movie looks great too there's, a, there's exciting set pieces in it mm -hmm. yeah the action i was not expecting to be in there as much and yeah like the the scene where he's investigating the water and he gets swept away and pushed up awesome. against the fence love that moment. loved that yeah, yeah. Um, the, the car chase i mean the water just comes out of nowhere like the way the camera pans over you know, yeah and the, the way he climbs up the fence that shot's great yeah, the like orange field with the car. Yeah, the farmers. I, I love that. I was gonna mention it's nonstop. Like right after that, he gets his nose fucking ripped off. Yeah, the farmer chase is fucking great. Yeah, that reminded me of Rango a lot. Those characters. The far there mm -hmm. were points yeah. in that chase yeah. scene that reminded me of like No Country for Old Men. Like it was like weirdly yeah exhilarating and dark at the same time. Where I was like, holy shit! Yeah, like, really well blocked fuck, out. You're gonna, you're gonna die. <laughs> reminded me of Stalker too. Because there's a, like a car chase in that where they keep, you know, it's kind of slow paced. They're going reverse down alleyways. It's like this. Mm -hmm. And again, it was very locked in his perspective, too. You were in the car the whole time. And the whole yeah. movie's kind of locked in his perspective. You're only figuring out information along with him. Mm -hmm. You know what he knows. He's basically in every scene of the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's You're a single with scene him, without much, him. Yeah. The entire yeah. time. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's great. I think that makes, I think that engages me much more. Oh yeah, I don't want to know what he like doesn't I'm just know. Part of, I'm with the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah lots of uh, lots of clever usage of mirrors and reflections. There's that great mm -hmm, shot, sure. the 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 car mirror, like perfectly centralized in the shot, which I thought was great. Yeah, yeah, the, the scene where he, uh... oh man, I guess this is leading into another point I'm I'm trying to make is that uh, so many great movies that I see, like the best of the best. And I think that part of what helps me define them as such is when there are characters that are not even essential to the story. They are side characters that you'll see for a scene and never see them again, but they have so much character, you know? So, yeah. like, the, um, I'm going to relate this to, like, Coen Brothers movies again because they do this a lot, where it's, like, the guy... Um, in the scene in this film where uh, he was getting like the ruler from the desk, like not just his mm -hmm. visual style. Uh, you can read a lot about the character from that, but the way he behaved and the way that he was kind of blocked to behave. So not just even the acting, but like the specific directing moments. Like he didn't, he didn't just pull out the desk and grab the ruler. He pulled out the desk, fished around for a bit and then like kind of like 
in his body language, he, you could see him like, oh, I guess I got to open it all the way, pulls it out even more, and then grabs the ruler sort of thing. It's like, man, there's just so so much character to soak in from all of these minor characters that like so many writers, so many directors would not pay as much attention to, and they wouldn't fully... Like, you don't need to flesh them out to the point where, like, I need to know their life story and motivations, right? But they're they're interesting to watch on screen, even though we don't have anything more than just a cup a minute with them right that mm-hmm. that's that that's what makes a lot of the greatest movies stand out for me is like i've noticed that that's a really common trend in them mm-hmm. yeah characters are very distinct and memorable because mm-hmm. you have to remember a lot of them because you know it's a noir it's a lot of mystery who who's doing what who's behind it yeah yeah exactly i yeah. guess it would kind of spoil it if there was only one interesting side character and the rest would, were boring right because <laughs> then you'd be like, "Is well, yeah, that then guy?" You know. He's like, mm-hmm. "He's sticking out to me. He's the only interesting looking okay. one." And yeah, the way the story converges at t- Chinatown too, I kept thinking in my head, "How's this going to come together at the end?" And the way it does is so satisfying because they, they establish early on in the movie that um, the main character used to be a cop and he has connections with Chinatown. So when the kind of conclusion happens there in the shootout and the the spine-chilling scene where the granddad is like grabbing at the daughter, <laughs> grandchild, yeah. whatever combo it is. Mm-hmm. Great ending, great conclusion. The just the dramatic payoff of it all coming together there is so excellently built up to and achieved. Yeah, it's crazy. It's fantastic. Yeah. Really dark ending, but uh huh. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of should be. I like that, <laughs> again, to to stay in line with just, like, how information is presented. It's like we go back to um, the guy at the beginning. You know, we're at his house, Curly, or whatever he is. And his mm-hmm. wife answers the door, and she's got a black eye. And he's, <laughs> he's like, so kind of, like, jolly. He's like, hey, that's the guy that... And she's like, I know. <laughs> and <they> continue. <laughs> it's like, holy crap. Man, mm-hmm. I love that little moment. It says so much. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another thing about this kind of connected me with uh, Rosemary's baby is uh, it's like the the drink she ordered is like a little, little, little distinct. I've never heard of someone ordering a Tom Collins with lime instead of lemon. I was like, you can do that. And now I just want to try it, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, now you can do it. Yeah, that's so specific. When yeah. I was watching Rosemary's baby, they were like, oh, vodka blush. I'm like, I need to know how to make a vodka blush. <laughs> I don't know. Huh. <laughs> There's lots of character in the film. Yeah, this is like Rosemary's Baby, that kind of level of quality classic. Mm-hmm. I would say yeah. I like Rosemary's Baby more overall. I do too. It's up there. Slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are both great. Very different tones. Yeah. And similar at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's classic. Jack Nicholson's excellent. Because they both kind of like unravel mysteries and they're both kind of dark. But this one just has a yeah. lot more comedy to it. Mm-hmm. They both have good cocktails in it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think Rosemary's Baby is your favorite from him then? You think it's better than The Pianist? It might be, but I haven't rewatched The Pianist still in a long time. And I think I have both right, of those yeah. rated as, as a 10. So, I think. I would have to watch The Pianist again. Yeah. I would probably rate this a 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chinatown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's so good. I'm, I'm struggling to even come up with... With points, it's my first watch. I'm I'm mm-hmm. eager to actually go back and experience it again. Yeah, um, sure. 
it's, there's just something so addictive about these detective stories and just the the efficiency and the elegancy, the way it's told. Like, yeah, all the setups and payoffs and the, yeah. the acting and the, the surprises, the genuine surprises. That moment when she's saying daughter, sister and getting sick. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, what does she mean by that? What do you mean? You can't seriously mean what I think you mean. And then it actually goes down that road. It's so dark. It's so, so uh, enthralling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And great casting too, like the mm. grandfather or whatever we want to call him. He was just, uh, I I was cringing in a different kind of way, you know. In a good like way. He, he made me very uncomfortable, which is what it's oh, supposed yeah. to be, right? So. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Nicholson yeah, plays was... off all these people so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very tough to watch. And just think like the comp- the complexity of the story. And I'm guessing I don't know if it was shot in order or not. But the way it seems like you know he's retaining all this information and he's slowly learning, you know, over the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you believe it, you believe it in his expression. Yeah, <laughs> and it's awesome. It's, he's just so fucking fantastic. How he decides to interact with each person. Yeah. Uh huh. Even though he's just a guy, you get the sense that he has a lot of ability to do, you know, to to. I don't know, solve the crime or whatever, because he's just very mm-hmm. smart. He's a very smart, capable person. Yeah, and even with the complexity of everything that's going on, you you always are able to keep up. And when when there are things you don't understand, it's purely intentional because you're about to find out. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun for a movie back then. It's a lot of spectacle. Like yeah. you said, it's exciting when the water comes down the <laughs> comes down the pipe or whatever yeah. the canal, uh, the car chase shootouts yeah it's it's great it's exciting stuff you mentioned the uh nose thing earlier that is like one of the best blood practical effects i've ever seen yeah i was really <laughs> like, impressed by that i i re-watched that part it's just as convincing on the second time it's not because i was like unexpecting it and just like looked away or blinked it's like holy shit that's just a great effect and it makes sense <laughs> that like roman polanski would be the one to play the dude <laughs> Because if you're trying to convince Jack Nicholson as an actor, like how this is going to work, like, you know, as the director, you're going to be the one that's probably going to want to operate that and get the right movement. It would probably be just a little too difficult to try and communicate that to somebody else and have it like Mm. just be the way that you envision it in your head. So obviously, you know, fake knife was probably made out of like, I don't know, plastic, uh, just not unsharpened (laughs) paper, something. Yeah. But then blood tube behind it, and because it was like in his nose, and just like the right perfect speed and motion, and like the moment Splatter, that the, yeah. the blood comes out, it's like holy crap! It's like it's so convincing. And then the entire costume or makeup or both that we want to say is his like bandage on his face the entire movie for a lot of the movie for much more than I would have expected because this happened so early. I'm like, Oh, I guess this is like his character. Now I'm glad that they didn't put him that way on the poster. I'm glad that the poster version of him was not bandage face because yeah. that would have spoiled <laughs> yeah. that moment. And I wound up watching the original trailer. The original trailer kind of spoils it, but whatever. I didn't, I didn't see that before the movie. And then, you know, at, as the film goes on, I'm like, Oh wow. Like there's some nice consistency and continuity to how his character looks. That's cool. But then they take the bandage off, and I'm like, wow, the the effects makeup underneath the bandage is actually great. Because, like, in my head, I'm thinking, well, that's a nice way to cover up what you might what might look goofy if you took it off. But then they take it off, mm-hmm. and it looks perfect. I'm like, holy shit! Well, God, <laughs> that's that's some really great makeup work. Like, I believed that there was like this these stitches there and the dried 
you know, like darker looking dried blood around his nose. Like it looked Mm -hmm. super real. And I was really, really happy with that. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier the, uh, the kind of love scene so one of the only moments that pulled you out and i was i was exactly there with you uh, it reminded me a little bit of in the original blade runner that some of the awkward love scenes that this is something <laughs> not right to them it doesn't feel yeah. like, it doesn't feel like the chemistry is quite there, like nose all fucked up it was like the beginning of faithful findings exactly <laughs> and and on top of it um right after He's, you know, he's, he starts making out with her, and he's like pushing his nose. That we, oh yeah, he slides. I would love for him to say "ow" once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Ow. I was waiting for. <laughs> it was weird. But aside from that, that was the only time I was pulled out. Mm-hmm. Great costumes, some interesting stuff, especially going on with Faye, Faye Dunaway. A little fishnet thing on her face. I don't know what to call it. A lot of good variety in her costumes, and a lot of cool looking stuff. Really added a lot to the character. All the authentic vehicles, like the 30s yeah. vehicles with the wood paneling and stuff. I loved all those kind of details. Yeah, it's a great authentic period piece type movie. Yeah, really uh, super, super well-crafted, well-done movie that uh, you don't you don't often see. And it's just, it's a little, little annoying, a little sad that uh, one of the greats is also kind of a monster. There was a line near the end (laughs) of the film. (laughs) Let's see if I wrote this one down. uh, That just really stood out to me. Oh, yeah. So the fucking the villain in this film, uh, when justifying when, when, you know, Jack Nicholson is saying, I know you raped Mm -hmm. your daughter or whatever. He didn't say that verbatim, but uh, the response line was something along the lines of most people don't have the opportunity to realize that at the right time in the right place, they're capable of anything. And that's how he justified it. I'm like, holy shit. That sounds that sounds bad in retrospect now. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that sounds like a weird does. justification. It's definitely a villain's uh, motivation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah. like, the crime, the Roman Polanski raping a 13-year-old or whatever, that happened at Jack Nicholson's house. And that's all always brought, like, a weird layer to it of just, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah, what is happening? That's such a shitty thing to do. <laughs> Because then you've implicated Jack Nicholson in a crime too, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. As if the raping a thirteen-year-old isn't already bad enough, I guess. But the whole thing yeah. is just so fucked. Yeah, up. and then so now I guess like, where would we be right now in the conversation of Roman Polanski if he had served time in jail and and that was it? Because like, there's arguments that people make, and I don't necessarily agree with them, but. There's arguments that people make of saying like, oh, the victim has already said that she forgives him and just wants the controversy to end or whatever. It's like, yeah, but it's it's still pretty bad. I wonder where we would be right now if we had both that and him actually serving time in jail. Because then at least you could argue it's like, oh, he did his time. Yeah, because he fled the country, didn't he? Yeah, he kind of just dipped to France and then won an Oscar and but then no, started Rush Hour 3. It would be the same conversation. It doesn't <laughs> excuse what he did. He's still a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, he yeah. can fuck himself. But yeah, yeah, no matter whether he's in jail or not. Polanski, for me, was the first kind of artist that really made me start struggling with that. Because um, I watched yeah. The Pianist and then when I was researching after... This was a long time ago. It was when I, you know, read into his history and then started that kind of art versus art- artist conflict in me. And it's also why I've kind of avoided his other films too, because I just wasn't really sure yeah, how to feel about it. Them. And yeah, it is it is such a strange thing when he's undeniably a great director, you know. 
Like yeah. Chinatown. He's made very great film. movies. He's been, yeah, the director of a few great movies. Film is a much more collaborative art form than I think even mm. we're giving you credit for. There's a lot of people yeah. who worked on Chinatown or Rosemary's Baby. That being said, you cannot deny his specific his influence. contribution. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. Yeah, he he is uh-huh. one of the greats. He truly is not great yeah. human beings, but great director. No, that doesn't excuse his actions <laughs> right? at all. Yeah, he exactly. just happened to make he happened to direct a film that was very good. Yes. Yeah. I always find these things a lot more simple once the artists involved have, have like died yeah. and yeah. gone it's in history. Because it's when they're alive and they're still profiteering off the work and everything that it, it, I think it gets... No matter how many copies anybody buys of his older films right now or doesn't buy, it's not going to affect them really. Like It's going to affect like the uh, his estate. <laughs> like Like he's rich either way. He's not gonna. He's not gonna run out of money unless he just mismanages his finances. And even then, yeah. that's like he completely just be in jail. Of... <laughs> yeah. Well, France doesn't extradite their citizens, so yeah, that's why he's there. Perverts. Oops. They keep giving him Caesar awards too. Of course they do. Perverts. <laughs> French. Well, yeah. I was looking. Um, <laughs> he released that movie in 2019 because I wasn't sure if he'd actually retired before that. Yeah, he's still going. But. Did you guys see that? An officer and a spy? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, he won Best Director at the Caesars. Yeah, I don't know. The last one I saw from him was Carnage. I remember liking Carnage. I also Carnage, remember I liking it based Carnage. On play. It didn't make my list, though. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'm of the mindset that, like, generally it doesn't matter if, like, the art is worth it. Not saying it, the crime doesn't matter or whether or not somebody else decides to support them doesn't matter. But, like, I I don't judge somebody for writing him off completely in terms of saying like i'm gonna boycott all of his movies and never watch them even though i think that there are some like legitimate masterpieces in there i'm not gonna judge somebody for that that's up to Mm -hmm. them to make that decision you can vote with your wallet sure but yeah i don't i also don't judge people for taking my perspective obviously of just saying like yeah he's an awful person so is jeff bezos but i keep buying amazon uh nike uses like what sweatshops Mm -hmm. Like every yeah. chocolate bar that you ever buy is is, is using slave labor, Disney, right? So uh, you know, recently with the Mulan controversy, yeah. Like, yeah, but I still watch Marvel. Nestle yeah. has probably abused more children than Roman Polanski. Oh yeah, let's be fucking really honest. Bad. But that doesn't that yeah. yeah I mean, it's like, it's that up to you shop to gets decide the batter you from you know <laughs> whatever. It's, yeah, you could say that about anything. Yeah. I think that these films are more valuable than a chocolate bar. So that's where that's where I'm kind of at with it. I don't it, I don't think that I'm making a gigantic change in his life whether or not I decide to watch some of his older films. I think that the damage has been done both in terms of the longevity of his career and finances and also the crime that he committed and the victims associated yeah. with that crime. So like, you can't mm-hmm. really undo any of yeah. that. It doesn't really affect the writing of the characters in the movie or anything because the movie's just still solid. Oh yeah, Death of the it's Artist. Just really well done, and you can't really can't really take away from that. I just that's why I hope he dies because then we could appreciate Chinatown a little more. <laughs> I mean, everybody dies, so whenever. Yeah, we'll hope. I, I hope he dies soon. He's really old yeah. too. I looked. He doesn't he have born. to be physically dead for him to be like dead to us you know like death of the director death of the artist you know it's like the concept where somebody can make something and you can interpret whatever the hell you want out of it you can get something out of a movie that the director didn't intend because at the end of the day interpreting art doesn't necessarily require the director's approval it doesn't require the director to be Mm -hmm. alive it doesn't require the director to 
explain their intentions about what the art should be. So I don't know. In that same sense, I don't really feel like him being physically alive or dead is going to change how I feel about any of the movies that mm-hmm. I watch from him. It's like, yeah, these are great movies. He's a very talented rapist. <laughs> We're talking about him like he's the sole artist of this movie, which he isn't. We could say the producers had just as much of an influence on this movie as he did, or the or the actors. I Jack mean, he Nicholson. works with a lot of different people throughout his career and consistently made a lot of masterpieces. Consistently, so his I... movies are very good. I'm just talking about Chinatown on its own or Rosemary's Baby. It's a huge collaborative film. No, yeah, very I, old. I know, but the director's at the helm, <laughs> and yeah, yeah well, the as I pointed right. out earlier, there are like a lot of specific changes he made to the screenplay. Some that I agree with, and some that I disagreed with. And if you listen to interviews and behind-the-scenes featurettes and stuff about not necessarily just from him, but other people that worked on the movie, (laughs) you'll learn really specific things that he's responsible for and that he's not. And I think that overall, he's responsible for a lot of really, really fantastic stuff in art, (laughs) a lot of really great filmmaking decisions, and whether or not he's a asshole child rapist that deserves to be in jail doesn't really conflict with that these are two different conversations to yeah me, so yeah no i'm with you they are different yeah but important in the same way that a pandering oscar film that that touches on legitimate social issues that i agree with isn't necessarily a good movie they're separate conversations mm-hmm. you can have the you can be the most perfect person with the best intent the best intentions and be talking about serious social issues that deserve to be talked about right now and still make a shit movie in the same way that you can be <laughs> yeah, an actual true. fucking pedophile and make really great movies. <laughs> right? Separate conversations yeah. to me. But I'm glad we had this conversation. And... <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Robert Polanski. Controversial figure. I mean, it was it's yeah. it's a necessary thing to talk about. It's the elephant in the room whenever he comes up. Yeah. If you if you ever talk about a Polanski movie, you have to like give a little bit of the. Uh, by the way, <laughs> he's not a he's not yeah. really a good guy here. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't give him the full credit. Yeah, I don't know if I film is much more collaborative art form than that. Well, okay. just, yeah, it's well, his then, movie. <laughs> then you're not allowed to hate Wes Anderson because it was all the other people on set. <laughs> They definitely brought something to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fantastic writing, fantastic directing, fantastic editing. The music was great. I really liked the music in yeah, this because it started music. out really subtle. Perfectly matched the tone and the buildup of, of the film as it went along. The energy of the soundtrack and the rhythm of the score built up with the information that was coming out. And so all these new transitionary scenes reflected that and they reflected the energy of the character. And it was just so, so appropriate and well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the opening credits too. Just oh, the yeah. style of them. It's like mm-hmm. a little thing to mention, but it mm-hmm. sets the tone very perfectly. For me, like an opening of a film is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This no flaws with this film i think it's excellent masterfully made looks excellent jack nicholson fucking kills it faye dunaway kills it yeah would we all go 10 <laughs> well five out of five stars i'm gonna say if we're gonna do ratings sure. now. yeah i'm i'm torn on nine or ten um i normally need a couple watches to yeah. properly solidify how i fully feel but um i'll settle on nine for now 
Yeah. Or four and a half star. I'm on nine, nine also. But potentially a ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten. Love it. There are ten out of ten elements to it. Overall, my experience is just a little short of being one that I would consider up there, although I totally understand people that rated a ten. Yeah, Rosemary's Baby and The Pianist are better than this in my opinion, but I would like to rewatch The mm-hmm. Pianist because I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Awesome, awesome movie. Check it out. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I would rate the film lower because the director's a predator because how do you even measure that? It would just be a zero yeah. then. So, so let me just Negative go with the rating. 10 of the film. out of 10. Yeah, like <laughs> you can't even measure something like that. So don't even try. It's yeah, he's a sick person. He deserves to die, hopefully soon. Rotten hell. <laughs> Death comes sooner than you think, Ralph. We'll all get there eventually, oh, don't you worry. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Chinatown. <laughs> okay, let's do some questions from the Sardonicast community. If you want to leave your own questions for us to answer in future episodes, head over to the subreddit where there'll be a suggestion thread. You can ask whatever you like. Let's do this one then from Alex Cool. So, Quentin Tarantino said he's going to retire after he directs his 10th movie. He's directed nine, if you count the Kill Bills, as one movie. Do you think he'll actually retire? Sorry, A, do you think he'll actually retire? And B, do you think his film will finally connect the Tarantino cinematic universe built around Red Apple cigarettes, Samuel L. Jackson, and feet? (laughs) So he's said this for a long time, a very long time. I feel like I've heard this, and I've never really known whether to believe it or not. I... Is it a gimmick, or how do you guys feel about it? He sees it as a way to cap himself off. Like, I'm going to make 10 movies before I make shitty movies, because a lot of directors do that in their late career. Yeah. Um, If he wants to stick with that rule that he's made for himself, cool. If not, then whatever. I'm sure he'll make good films after. And even regardless, if he doesn't make films, he'll make plays, he'll write books, he'll do something else. Um, But I don't think he's going to stop making films. Maybe in Hollywood, because I don't think they like him there. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> I mean, they like that he makes money. Yeah, surely that's why they keep him around. Yeah. The money yeah. They don't like his uh, his language, his potty mouth, <laughs> or the, the amount of violence, or you know, any number of things, controversial elements in his movies. Mm-hmm. I could see that being the reason why he'd want to end his career now, because it's like, these fucking people are crazy coming after him. Yeah, and he's, maybe. And he's fairly finicky. Isn't he with mm-hmm. like uh, when um, Hateful Eight leaked? He almost didn't make the film. Oh yeah, the he? script. Yeah, the script leaked. So I yeah. don't know. He's he's just a weird guy. I don't really trust what yeah. he says in terms of this kind of stuff. I mean, see what he feels be, like. It'd be cool conceptually if he just makes the ten and then moves on to maybe just writing or yeah, plays or something. Acting. <laughs> Please, <laughs> please don't do acting. He becomes a foot masseuse. A f- foot masseuse. Yeah. His, his real dream. Fuck movies. <laughs> Open a foot massage. Like Yeah, what if his 10th movie is like a, uh, like a Norbit-style Quentin play? Isn't he trying to do some Star movie? Trek movie? <laughs> I heard about that, but I don't know if it ever... Yeah, like an R-rated Star Trek. Yeah. Is that supposed to be his 10th? Like, I don't know. Like, his 10th would be his next one, right? Is that what the implication i suppose yeah. so yeah i don't know because a lot of a lot of directors say that they'll retire and then they don't cough miyazaki cough i don't know it, it just kill bell is two movies so <laughs> it's not <laughs> whatever yeah it doesn't matter whatever happens happens he'll make a decision either way i don't know it's weird to speculate on that kind of thing 
Mm-hmm. I don't know him. Okay. I'm not his friend. <laughs> Ray Shell underscore Raw Butts has a quick one. Alex, as I've been watching your videos, I've noticed you pronounce the word frustrated differently than how others might say it. The A seems to be held longer, like frustrated. What oh, are some other words that you guys say, say that may sound out of the ordinary to other people? Interesting. Have you guys noticed that? No, not really. They're both right. It's, you just, just put yeah. more emphasis on one. Frustrated is what I. Frustrated. You say it, Adam? Oh. Just so I can get a point of reference? Frustrated. Oh, that's how I, that's, maybe I'm getting it this wrong. This is the Canadian way. <laughs> Does it sound weird? Does uh, it sound weird to you? I can't. Uh, what if yours is the normal one, though? Yeah, I would argue that I'm normal. I say water weird. Well, I say water. <laughs> that's water. like the New York. It's water. If we're gonna water. get into this conversation, my roommate wanted me to ask you, Alex. Do you say do you say doing the washing up or to do the washing up instead of just saying do the dishes? Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go do the washing up. Oh, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) That is a thing. (laughs) But yeah, we still call it a dishwasher. I mean, it's just... When you you hear the perspectives of people from other countries, it just because My whole world is collapsing around me, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my, uh, biscuits, my jammy dodges, my aluminium. It's all biscuits. just fun. <laughs> Biscuit aisle. <laughs> the hundreds of millions or hundreds of thousands or whatever the hell. Oh, yeah. So so if I, if I as a North Americaner, would uh, <laughs> say... If I were to c- compare two things and be like this slash that, you would say this stroke that? Am, am I mistaken? Well... I don't know with that one because okay. I, I'm extra fucked because I was I'm my like my dad is from New Zealand and they have a bunch of Americanisms so they say like pants instead of trousers oh, yeah. and they mm. say like chips instead of fries I guess oh, they say fries instead <laughs> of I'm chips I'm confusing myself in my head so, <laughs> yeah that's the opposite. yeah so growing up like I I would just say just whatever one my gut told me so my whole life has just <laughs> been like thrown off course so to be honest I'm not You've been between two worlds <laughs> we got a bit of that in Canada oh, we do like we, we we use like metric and imperial depending on what it is like I mean not like in school we we use uh, metric but like I don't know. If we weigh ourselves, we're going to say how many pounds we are. We're not going to say how many kilograms. It's weird. But if we're weighing like food, if we're if we have like a kitchen scale, we're going to weigh that in like grams. So we just like yeah. pick and choose. Well, I know time. my weight in it's stone. Really stone. Oh yeah, you're weird. Stone. That's like an exclusively UK thing, isn't it? Like that's. I don't know if it's relevant anymore. Because like um. kilograms is like every other like European or Commonwealth, right? Yeah, I think most people have adopted that, but I'm still on stone. Stone. So. What is that? <laughs> just actual rocks. Yeah, you just you pile up rocks and you just <laughs> see if you How weigh the same as. <laughs> it's better than feet. Like, uh, <laughs> Everyone's foot's different. Ah, whatever. All right, uh, that was fun. I'm glad we cleared that yeah, up. Cleared that the air. Yeah. I know. That when yeah. You you grab the fairy liquid to be doing the washing up. <laughs> Like, uh, M. Night needs an Oscar, has one for us. <laughs> is there such a thing as a so bad it's good video game? If so, what are some of your favorite examples? Life is Strange, done. Every Don't See, Night I, game. I, I, <laughs> I, I want to contest that slightly, because I, I, I'm with you for... I think I tried the first Life is Strange 
until I think it's episode three. There's this point where you're on like an abandoned train station or something. You got to find these five items or some shit. And I just oh, it was in the junkyard. It. it was so boring. Yeah, in the junkyard. Yeah. Yeah, and Chloe's too fucking lazy that you bubbles. have to do all the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the exact bit I got to. Yeah, she's like, supposed oh, to be like your best friend. Just pissing me off. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll agree. Otherwise, yeah, I was having some great laughs from that. Like, oh, it's so silly. Can't <laughs> wait. Day, maybe. Hyped for the third okay. game. Have you played A Way Out? It's like a co-op prison yeah. escape yeah, I have. game. I've heard about it. That's yeah, a I've guilty it's pleasure. Good. It's very funny. You're supposed to play it with it's someone so else. It's so silly. Their new game's actually a yeah. lot better. It takes two. Okay. Really? Would, I would yeah. recommend. It's longer and more fun. The The maps are so much more varied. The story's fucking stupid, so don't get discouraged when you see an opening cutscene. Yeah, the story of A Way Out's stupid, too. Yeah, but, like, the story in It Takes Two is... It's it's stupid, but doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. It's a fun game. It Takes Two. It's not a great great name. It Takes Two, baby. Yeah. For me, um, whenever I need a good guaranteed laugh, I just install uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. (laughs) Um... (laughs) And just play like That's... the first hour or two. Okay, that sounds fun because I still haven't. Yeah, I yeah I think enough time has passed where you can go in and just yeah. fuck around with it, and it's it, it's genuinely so broken. And if you just wiggle the stick in a certain way when you're walking around, it looks like your main character's shit herself. Or That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's actually so funny. Scoot hasn't seen any of the Mass Effect stuff, so I'm probably gonna play through the remastered shit and introduce him to that. Uh, yeah, that in that case, don't then, start with Andromeda yeah, if he's never we'll seen Andromeda Mass Effect after. again. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, because it's not a good first impression for yeah. that, that universe. Mm, yeah. Andromeda's pretty funny, just from clips I've seen. I'll play it one day. It'll be on discount probably for like 10 bucks. Have you played the other Mass Effect games? <laughs> yeah, the, the other ones are good. Two yeah. and three are really good. Except the end of two, uh, the, the end of three sucks, but yeah. most of three You're is not into one. Great. One I haven't played, no. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I started with two on the 360. Yeah, I started with two, but went back to one. Then mm. three came out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, those are really good. Uh, unlike Andromeda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see how they hold up um, with this re-release that's coming out soon. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Fucking Bioware pretending that they're a game company. Yeah. But also they're they're doing that thing where they're kind of they might be toying with the art direction a little bit, might be changing the mood. No more stuff, butt shots. The, the, oh. Sorry, Miranda fans. No more butt shots. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no the... more butt shots. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one that's really gratuitous. And it's like, ah, whatever. You can still play the old game. I don't care. But yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. There's always like, there's always something that you can fuck up in a remaster, even if it's just cosmetic. Yeah upgrades there's always there's always weird decisions that would make you go why did they change that you know we see this in the silent hill hd collection we see this in yeah. uh they better Halo not remove the gratuitous Halo. sex scenes or the the romance options yeah you know what's weird is um they have they have the ability and i don't think that they'll actually do this but they have the ability to have a Male on male romance option with Garrus, and I don't think. Yeah, gonna do it. I was gonna say, can't you fuck Garrus? You can as a woman, but since you okay. you all all of the lines of the game are recorded by both voice actors, they don't specify like the two the two actors Jennifer oh, Hale and what's his face. 
show up and they read the exact same lines. They don't separate any of the lines just so it's all consistent. And so some of the romance mm. options, if you actually look in the file, files of the, uh, I think it was the second game, there are male shepherd <laughs> takes for the romance options for Garrus. And so somebody was actually, <laughs> they recreated, they were, they basically just hacked the game a little, just changed one thing in the code. And then they were able to do the romance with Garrus as a dude. So I wonder if they'll try that <laughs> in the remake. Sure. The only reason that. they didn't do it, like they had, they had all the, the voice shit. So the only reason they didn't do it is because like, I guess Fox news would have made another segment about them. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Alien relationships. That's fine. But not if they're dudes. Right. So yeah, that Fox <laughs> news thing. Whenever I need a good laugh, I go and watch that. Oh yeah, the Mass Effect. It's thing. so funny now because yeah. the, things are so the, different. The, now. Yeah, the sex scene they show with that like Liara yeah. Mass Effect one. It's like the tamest, <laughs> like most terrible oh, yeah. looking uh, dated. It's thing. not even it's like so really profane. It. That's what I mean. They better not cut any of that out because that was the best stuff. Like I want to yeah, see yeah. Miranda's ass in HD in this in this thing. They better not change any of the cinematography <laughs> of the cutscenes. Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, yeah. I actually haven't seen a. Let me see this Fox News clip. Oh, it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could fuck things up. I don't know. I still even even if even if I can romance Garrus as a dude, I'll probably stay as the woman because <laughs> I like her. I like her voice acting better. Male Shep's really annoying. It's sex box. <laughs> that's the that's the tagline of Fox News. Sex box. Oh, that's <laughs> funny because now we actually well. have sex box. It's the Xbox Series X. Yeah, <laughs> Series X. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a you know, there's like a close up on her ass, and it's censored. Like, but it's a video game. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. It fucking break. That's ridiculous. Consistently. Yeah, on that, the that's right really side funny. They're making a, they're making like a video game look like it's I don't know. Like Snuff, it's ruining you know like, yeah, like the yeah. worst thing like something you'd find on the dark net like horrible like oh, can you believe this yeah they, like kids play this stuff yeah it's like two seconds it's so funny it's really funny because now kids just have access to the internet it's like well <laughs> yeah. oops wonder yeah, what they're gonna find worse than that i guess we'll find out scene. in 20 years when everybody's fetishes are like even weirder than they are right now <laughs> it's like the what's that movie the kid from uh this is the guy from peter pan the main actor and it's like an lmn movie lifetime movie where he's oh. like addicted to pornography <laughs> oh that's funny it's like that oh, shit. yeah it's ridiculous but it's that kind of mindset yeah all right what was the question <laughs> so bad that it's good games life is strange done that's right yeah 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 we started going on about mass effect yeah that's right because mine was andromeda i mean yeah the I was just trying to get back to what the question was. <laughs> yeah. I guess next question. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're okay for R slash Jar Media has one for us. Oh. What do you boys think of James Wan's film- filmography, apart from Aquaman? <laughs> Some of his movies like Insidious, Saw, and The Conjuring are widely regarded as horror classics, but they seem to get a lot of negativity in film communities. How do we feel about James Wan? I love James Wan. I don't love all of his movies, but I love him as a director. Agreed. And I think that he brings a lot of passion and personality to his films, even the bad ones. Even something like, um, what was it called? Death Wish with fucking Kevin Bacon? Was that what it was called? What was it called? Death Silence? Death Death Sentence? Death Silence was, Dead Silence was the stupid doll movie that he made between Saw and... Oh, it must be Death Sentence then. Death Sentence. Okay. Yeah. So that, that movie, boring, bad, stupid... 
But there's a really great one in the chase scene. <laughs> like, there's some. He puts sure. his effort and he puts his passions mm-hmm. into it. Dead yeah. silence, he produced... boring, bad, stupid. Sorry. But you can tell he has a love for the fucking creepy puppet animatronic things, right? Obviously, Jake saw that that was like, you know. I love that mm-hmm. I can watch a movie of his, and even if I don't like it, I can tell that there's some passion there, and I can tell that he loves what he's doing yeah. for the most part. Conjuring was decent aquaman epic you know so yeah yeah even his uh he did the best fast and furious movie Haven't seen like, it. if you attach him to these big dumb like hollywood movies yeah. i feel like he he knows how to handle them really well he makes um, crowd-pleasing like, movies they're not that yeah, deep. crowd-pleasing dumb yeah. they the energy is what keeps me going I, i'm rarely bored in his movies yeah um, I, I do genuinely like his soul movie and I don't really remember. I, I think I've seen both Insidious and both Conjurings, but it's just a blur of Insidious Conjuring nonsense. Um, I don't like Insidious at all, actually. I hate Insidious. That would be the... Yeah, I don't. I thought is that, that one with Darth bad, Maul? Yeah. yeah, Darth Maul's in it. It's stupid and bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's yeah, produced a few films, one. too. I just wanted to mention. He produces, he produces a lot the of new Mortal Kombat. Yeah, which is probably why they were like actually Asian people in the new Mortal Kombat, which was a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Unlike the you know the nineties one where it's all white people. Yeah, love him. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. He makes crowd pleasers. Well, yeah. Here's the thing though: is like you, it, it's it seems when you watch a movie like Aquaman or Fast and Furious, whichever one he made, you know you can appreciate it as like oh it's dumb fun, but you forget that like most directors would have dumb not fun like i think that there's mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. to appreciate about him making something dumb and fun he knows how to make something fun yeah because yeah. there's still an art to that yeah you know there is talent there you can tell when they're not connecting with the you know the like fast and furious like eight or some bullshit like what? <laughs> there's yeah. no energy there. there's no passion or creativity yeah. behind that he doesn't make things yeah, he shines through you could, yeah, he actually leaves his print on it, which is yeah. more that can be said for a, a bunch of filmmakers. Yeah, that tier. most directors. Whiskey Food has one for us. What are your favorite and least favorite movie trailers? My favorite would be, and I know I'll get shit for this, the trailer for Joker. I just think it's so well put together and set the mood Ooh. and tone so well. I can't help but <laughs> love it as well as the film. And my least favorite trailer would be for the Cohen brothers, Hail Caesar and Clooney's Suburbicon, also written by the Coens oh, because they okay. completely misinterpreted the movie. Though the trailers themselves are fucking fantastic, I highly suggest you check them out just to see how manipulative the marketing was. Also, thanks to Adam's Twitch chat for giving me the idea for this question. Least favorite trailers would be ones that spoil the movie, like uh, mm-hmm. Death Proof. Yeah, your Blade Runners. I like the movie. Yeah. Don't ever watch the trailer. It's just the whole movie. <laughs> Perhaps there's, you know, perhaps it's satirical. <laughs> Older trailers were like that. Indiana Jones, they spoil everything. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. We talked about those recently. Yeah. I wanted to mention one of my favorite ones was like the Dark Knight Rises, uh, Dark Knight trailers. Mm-hmm. I thought all those yeah, were great. They marketing. didn't reveal too much. Great music. Yeah, I love those. Those were like exciting, epic movies. <laughs> it's the new Batman movie. You, you get excited for that thing. You want the trailer to be good. Sadly, most trailers aim to be in the middle because they don't want to i don't know blow people away or offend people or something yeah so they're just kind of bland that one stands out i love mad max fury road also mm-hmm. that's a really yeah, good trailer that a great trailer yeah least favorite i liked the uh the man of steel trailers i thought they were way better than the movie yeah uh, mm-hmm. using like the lord of the rings score and that imagery and the 
the narration. It seemed like it was like, oh, maybe Zack Snyder, it's all been building to this. But it was actually uh, uh, Justice League it was building to. Mm. <laughs> the CGI mustache. Yeah, that was a big dud. Man of Steel. I remember liking the trailers too. Mm. Yeah, and as far as like worst trailers, just another Zack Snyder movie, BBS. That, that, that one where it had the, that green Shrek thing like slammed down. It's like so bad. That's when I just checked out. So I'm just never watching trailers ever again. Just, That's funny. Remember the Battle Los Angeles trailer? I thought that was a pretty good one. And then the movie just sucked. Oh like, yeah, just yeah. Nothing happened. <laughs> no, because like I I know what you're saying there, but like I don't have a lot of respect for trailers that are only good because of the tone of the music that they put in, and the tone of the music doesn't yeah. match the film. That would be one of those no. trailers. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Exactly. I don't. I don't have a lot of respect for that. It's dishonest and manipulative and misleading, and also doesn't take a lot of skill. Where it's like, oh, this made the movie seem a lot better than it was. I don't think that there was a lot of skill involved in that. I think that they were just manipulative about it. Um, my favorite okay. trailers come from the directors of the films themselves, not out of principle, but just because they happen to work out that way, rather than a marketing team. So a good example of this was uh, there will be blood where PTA made his own trailer and leaked it onto the internet <laughs> and and this without oh, cool. the stu- uh, without any studio permission and then it got like a bunch of hype and the studio was like mad but they were like well i guess uh i guess you did a good job marketing the movie it was literally just like this weird you know it, it had like a daniel playview's monologue where he was like sitting next to the fire or whatever and then just like you know, a bunch of different clips from the movie encapsulating the tone without really giving away too much and really communicating mm-hmm. just how weird it is where it's like this kind of like horror-y thing, but also kind of like exciting, fun, weird character-driven stuff where it's like the best trailers, in my opinion, are ones where you get the tone of the movie without being spoiled of the movie. It's an accurate representation of what you're supposed to expect from the film. The White Ribbon is another great example. And this this one is not one where it's because Hanukkah went against a studio's wishes and, and uploaded his film trailer on the internet that he made himself. It's because I think this has something to do with him living in Austria or whatever organization he works with to distribute his films. But he has a lot of control over his trailers, and it really shows. So I was I was just starting the... Michelle Hanukkah hype train. I had decided that he was my favorite director, and this was shortly before the White Ribbon was coming out. And so this trailer I watched like a hundred times, and I was so young and so hyped for the White Ribbon. And it it explains everything that I am to expect about the experience of the movie without spoiling mm-hmm. the whole movie. It's like it's it's perfect because I get to know what to expect without spoiling the experience i just get hyped for it so yeah those are my two examples both made by the directors of the films that they're marketing i wish that there was more control given to directors in terms of how their films were were marketed because then we wouldn't see nonsense like fucking blade runner 2049 spoiling that uh, harrison (laughs) ford is in it in the poster and the trailer fuck you sony yeah terminator genesis that they they spoiled john connor's terminator yeah (laughs) inception's quite a quite a classic trailer isn't it it kind of changed the game a little bit yeah i think chris nolan has a lot of involvement i don't know if he literally edits them himself but i'm sure he has a lot of collaboration with the marketing department yeah when you're that big they're usually really good 
Yeah. His trailers are usually really great. Interstellar's got a good trailer. J.J. Abrams basically relies on trailers to get people to see his movies. <laughs> yeah, he's a dishonest it's prick. It's all about the marketing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck yourself. I think, yeah, I think he has a lot of control over his trailers in terms of how dishonest they are. Because he loves doing that. He loves just tricking people into watching his shit. <laughs> what was his first huge success? Was Lost? it Lost or Cloverfield? Lost. He was attached Lost to that, was much it? earlier than Cloverfield. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Blue balling the show. I'll check out Lost one day. I actually hear Lost is in... I mean, it blue balls you a little bit, but it's still a great show, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hear Latham with great things about it. Mm-hmm. One day. His movies suck, though. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, end on this one from Alex Cool, who says, What's the most radically your opinion on a film has changed? Has there ever been a film you've hated the first time you watched it that you now love? You're cool, Alex. <laughs> Just referencing the name of the guy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. Not really. I feel like I'm pretty cemented on my ratings. I've never swapped on a on a film that much. Maybe minor, like a a a point, like half a star, but that's it. Yeah, for me, it's more when there's been a huge time jump, like being sixteen year years old and watching two thousand one yeah. and thinking it's shit, and then going a few years later and being <laughs> like, oh my god, what's wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> You're a different person at that point. So mm-hmm. yeah, okay, fuck um... that guy. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, my um my ratings don't I wouldn't I wouldn't call any of my rating shifts to be radical. Mm-hmm. Sure they can jump over time especially from child to adult. Like that's a big one. Like I don't I don't think Richie Rich is a good movie in this current year. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I never gave it a rating when I was 7 years old or whenever that was. Mm-hmm. Uh So I don't know if I don't know if there was a radical change there but yeah i think over time the most the most that i think something has jumped for me would be like four points so if i if i loved something when i was like 13 then i could have given it a 10 on imdb and then maybe like today i give it a six or something maybe i don't know if that there is an an example of that specifically but that seems like the most it could happen fair enough i guess that's it yeah we got it we did it boys another one in the can <laughs> got him and now yeah. it's time for a recommendation from it's Ralph. A recommendation mm-hmm. yeah i believe it's my turn to recommend a movie so i'll recommend something a little fun a little light from the director john woo <laughs> the movie okay. came out in 1997 oh no it's called face off <laughs> i knew i knew it okay awesome. john travolta okay. and nicholas cage yeah. all right awesome. yeah. Yeah. all right okay. if you don't check that out guess i'm watching face off again <laughs> yeah i don't want to be spoiled for a long time for face slash off or uh, <laughs> yeah it's a slash in there <laughs> yeah what, what hold on let, let me check my notes yeah i'm gonna take or, or as alex would say face off. stroke off um face slash off <laughs> yeah stroke you don't want to be spoiled for stroke face off. off 1997 john travolta nicholas cage john woo watch it before the next episode comes out these episodes come out every two weeks you can listen to these early go to sardonicast.com Sign up for premium, $2 a month. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Also, we got merch. Also, 
we didn't didn't do any sponsorships because those are stupid and so give us money instead <laughs> thank you <laughs> i was gonna make a joke when i raided uh chinatown and then i forgot i was gonna be like chinatown more like nine oh ten <laughs> is that a good place you to cut end? it out but then you, that was a pretty you good got joke it, you got it back in you got it in there. <laughs> yeah yeah, I'll ed- I'll go back in That's time. Okay. I'll edit it, but I <laughs> Just won't edit it in like four times. <laughs> <That'd be bad. laughs> Forget it, Jack. <laughs> Forget about Forget it. Forget about it, Jack. Jake, Jake. It's Chinatown. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a. I just want to mention right before this ends. There was like a sequel called The Two Jakes, directed by Jack Nicholson in the nineties. That a I was sequel to Chinatown. Yeah, it's doesn't. It's I not very well received. I didn't bother watching it. But yes, we are aware of it now. The two Jakes. Oh, I don't know weird. if I'll ever see it. The two Jakes. Interesting. Name. Couldn't imagine yeah. Yeah, that's it being him. that great. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.